everybody, welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Jessica Jones, Season 2, Episodes 8, 9, and 10, The Recap and Review. This was an emotional three episodes, and I'm excited to be here to talk to Joe about it. This might be a little quicker than our normal podcast because we just had a huge snowstorm. There's piles and piles of snow. But more importantly, I think I'm ready to be not done in a bad way, but I'm ready to be done with this season. It, again, was even more difficult. Each one of these three-episode blocks, and we'll bring in Joe here in a second. Each one of these three-episode blocks, it becomes more and more difficult to watch those final three episodes. The three episodes ended... Stephanie turned to me and goes, can we watch the next three? Uh, I was like, well, I guess I could lie to Joe. But no, I did not. I promise we did not click into these episodes. We're going to watch them tonight. We're here a little bit early to talk about this and also zip through this because we're not going to get into graphic detail about every point because there's a lot of interaction and conversational stuff that happened in this episode. Again, there was one... This episode, these three episodes, we were a lot more about the interaction between Jessica and her mother and how that all is going to develop and how it would work in reality. I also, what I like a lot about these three episodes was that it's almost just a lot of shit happened. A lot of shit happened. People that are saying or any of the people that claim that this season is boring or lacks like the attentiveness of things happening, things happening. I don't care if there's not a central villain. I'm fine with this dynamic in the season as long as the pacing continues to be this fucking awesome. And I like the pacing. I like how everything keeps punching you in the fucking balls over and over again. And let's just talk about the biggest fucking sticking point. Someone said this in the live chat before. We're joined by the live motherfucking chat. Said this before. If we hated Trish at the beginning of this season, boy, oh, fucking howdy, Joe. Seriously, she did maybe one of the scummiest bag bullshit fucking things I've seen a character do in a television show in a long fucking time. In this, in the second episode, oh, I think she went right over to him and fucked him back on her side. Right, that wasn't the one though. That that's pretty fucked up. It was the oh, you're an addict. There's nothing in this. Take one hit. To, come on, just take one hit when she. Oh, all oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She pushed him right into She was that like shit. Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 with the girl that wants to take the shots, you know, like walking down the alley. She, Trish turned into Freddy Krueger. This is the second Freddy Krueger reference of the podcast of Jessica Jones. But as I look in the live motherfucking chat, we got Broke here. We got we also got Joe Dirty Locks who's saying, <laughs> Broke says at this point, I say Trish is the villain. But yep. everyone, welcome to the show, Joe. How are you today? I'm doing good. Doing very good. As a side note, uh, the side camera is not on. Did you know that? Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. You you want you, at your, uh, you my cart my cartoon my cartoon I your real face Phil. You want my there you go. You, there you, we go. You happy now? This goes the to profile. Joe and I were having a very inappropriate conversation before the show started, and he wants to see my face. He need he needs a landing point. I, yeah. <laughs> look at me, Phil. <laughs> look at me. There was some more look at me's in this episode too, with um with Jess's mom said a couple of times in this episode, look at me. And there was a couple of other really interesting moments here and there in this episode. I think the other big highlight that I noticed from these three episodes was leading into it. This is very trivial, Joe. But leading into it, I was wondering, and now I know for sure, that this season was recorded, was filmed in Boston. There was one point in particular, and you can rewatch it because I know you're probably going to do a rewatch after we're done with the season and binge it at some point. But it was this, what episode do you think it was? It was the it was episode two when Jessica's mother. So not episode two, but episode um, nine. Nine. I okay. believe it was episode nine. It was the episode that Jessica and her mother are back at the apartment and Artie Bucco shows up at the door to uh, to 
because she had already text because uh, she had texted her from from uh, Carl's place. And Jessica thinks her mother escaped, where her mother actually went to the roof and is flirting with the boyfriend. Yeah. And, and Jessica ran around. The Jessica building. ran around the building. If you look at that building that she ran runs around, it looks like the back bay. It like clearly looks like oh, the well, there's a lot of similarities in, in the building, in the architecture between New York and Boston. That being there said, that. I'm I am almost positive it was Boston, but I could but I could be wrong again. I, it won't be the wouldn't be the only time I was wrong. But I want to believe now that I saw that, that I remember that Jessica Jones was filming in Boston at, during, over the summer or at one point in time. Maybe that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. I don't know. I could I, all I could focus on was her run for some reason. <laughs> she runs horribly, dude. She runs. She runs. Okay, good. It's not. I mean, she is wearing big combat boots, not running not, shoes. But not like, quite it's as. It's just an awkward run. It is an it's awkward not run. Like, it's not Princess. Yeah, it's not Princess Amadella from uh, the Star Wars prequel movies. And if you haven't seen Attack of the Clones in a while, when she when she gets thrown off one of the uh, the cruisers and she's on the sand and she's like, we have to get over there. And uh, Natalie Portman tries to run. She's like, ah! <laughs> she's just does this like ridiculously <laughs> stupid run. So, hey, hey, Travis in the live motherfucking chat. Anyone that's checking this out later, checking out the podcast later on iTunes and or Podbean or any of the other places that the podcast podcasts are. If you're listening to us on iTunes and you're enjoying this season, as I see that some of you guys are, please leave your comments and ratings. It helps us get to even more people. So if you haven't already and uh, you listen to us on iTunes or even if you don't and you enjoy the YouTube channel, please check out iTunes and give us some ratings. It will help our podcast get to even more folks especially as we switched and over bully your friends and family into watching and listening on all those places i think joe's on and to hit something. like and subscribe and make sure that they do too stand over them with with both your phones huh. in your hands huh. and make sure they do this, this isn't stuff. any this isn't any sub to sub i mean you need to like kidnap these people and like hold them by hold them by not gunpoint yeah. but by uh but by knife point or something by by sword get out a sword get out a foil sword put say my name is Enigma Montoya. foil a musket musket hell a saber will do they all broad will do. sword if you're a big guy and you yeah. want to be extra intimidating but you know you know uh, nothing says you know do what I'm asking you to do, like a little bit of a uh, steal. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, we're, we're not saying you have. We're, we're not saying you have to do this. We're just saying we only you, you'll only prove to us that you care about us if you do. I mean that that's that's it. That, uh, but but let's but let's move on. Let's actually get into these episode recaps because I know we just don't, we don't quite have as much time today to get into all this foreplay so let's get right into these episode recaps and again if anyone has any comments or questions going into the final three episodes of jessica jones at this point there will be no spoilers moving forward in that last podcast so if anyone has any comments or questions they want to say about the entire season even if you completely disagree with joe and i and you're hating this shit we'd love to hear it so leave us a oh, voicemail yeah. At 781-990-8509. You can call that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Or you can join us when we go live and call in at 657-383-1435. M, haven't watched this show. I'm just here for Phil and Joe. See, M, you are some of the best people. As much as we love all the people that come in for certain shows, M, we love you even more because, and Broke, who's in here as well, and Travis as well, like, that people that show up and say hi to us, even if they don't watch the shows. We get a lot of that with our Walking Dead recaps. We have people that have long since stopped watching the Walking Dead, but they still watch you and me recap them, Joe. So... And we do really appreciate it. Can't say enough thanks to all the people that do sub and all the patrons, all our 
podcast subscribers. Every once in a while, I like to make stand up and jump up and down and make sure all of you guys know how much we fucking love you and and how like with you know the new visual aspects we hope you guys are enjoying the uh the new touches that we're adding all of that is because of the support you guys give us it lets us keep improving the show here and there so uh so the more you guys help the more we can keep doing this thank you so much blah 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 enough of that shit if you want to find more let me suck enough suck that sound was me sucking all their dicks here and licking all their labias yeah dude I think uh, you've got a one-track mind today. I do. I do. Again, going to Joe and I's previous conversation. <laughs> you ever wake up and you just know, you don't necessarily remember them, but you know Today's you had the, the, day. The, the dirtiest dreams in the world? I And I last night, last night, all I know is that I was having like crazy, ridiculous dreams. I don't know what they were about. I, and I know Joe was in them. That's all I know. So episode two, speaking of uh, it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. No, it's episode eight, a.k.a. Ain't We Got Fun. So the episode starts out with... Ain't We Got Fun. Ain't We Got Fun. DJ11 was just about to head to bed. I'm lucky to keep you up, DJ. Sit on this lap. Sit on Uncle... Uncle Phil Ketchup Couch's lap, and he's gonna tell you all about Jessica Jones, DJ One One, and look at Joe. Joe smelling your smelling his finger, thinking about what he's gonna do to you, DJ. Twist the cap. Sorry, Joe and I both woke up in a really perverted mood, so we apologize a thousand times to you for for our dirtiness. It will not be stopping. I'm always kind of this way, so you know. Yeah, it's not much of a challenge. Me too, Joe. And the older I get, the worse I get, <laughs> because there's less and less time, and it matters little and little matters less and less. <laughs> so I'm just worse and worse. Okay, so yes, gobbling balls and licking labias. M. That's that's what I do that's best. It. It's like a politician kissing babies and uh, hugging people. What is it? Shaking hands and kissing babies. <laughs> I, I, I gobble balls and lick labias. <laughs> okay, enough of this. Enough. Come on. <laughs> Too much for Joe. I got to get back to my Jess Jones. <laughs> I, I, I like. I know I was going to supposed to get on uh, PlayStation with you, but. Katie was like, "We're we gonna watch more Jess Jones," and I was like, "All righty then, let's kill, let's kill it." <laughs> and burn the next three right after the. Podcast. I know Jess. What Jess Jones Joe wants me to help out. Hurry up here. So when Jess comes to after getting drugs, she's in shackles, restraints, and I also like to thank the writer of the what writer of this article in our vulture of the vulture articles for my notes today because I wanted to watch the episodes without taking notes. So I am using someone else's notes for the episode today. Ha ha. I cheated. I, I cheated on my homework today. So Carl hopefully tells her that they were, uh, that the, Restraints were designed to hold your mom while wearing a Doris t-shirt. So he reminds you he's a nice guy, Joe. He doesn't lose the, that Doris t-shirt. He might be a slightly weird pederasty kind of, uh, not, uh, well, a freaky kind of dude. But he wears his Doris shirt just to tell you he's an okay guy, Joe. Yeah. And uh, morning, Tim. Morning. Great to see you. Phil for present. Scary fucking thought, my friend. Fuck Oh, thank you, DJ. He defends Alyssa's murder as ill-advised protective efforts. She killed Kozlov because she was afraid Carl would be exposed and put them all at risk. Jess dismantles all of Carl's views as psychobabble, blah, 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 bullshit. Alyssa's not a prisoner here. Carl insists. Jessica links her restraints and says, what does that make me? This is one of those situations where I'm on Jess's side, but she doesn't know all the information. But she is kind of right. I mean, just because he manipulated the mother into a point where she only had him to count on, 
she's going to yep, fall in love with him. Exactly. Sto Stockholm syndrome is a thing. It's real. And yep. this is the perfect example of it. And he may really love her, but he never gave her a chance to know whether she could love him or not because she didn't give him the op. He didn't give her the option. He just put her in a no win position, Joe. Well, she did get out, but she, and then she went back. Yeah. A couple times probably. And she goes out all the time. But at this point, at this point, by the time they're in that house, she's deep with the Stockholm, you know, but like we saw the one time she did get out right afterwards, right? After the few years in a coma, getting the new face, turning from meat face to her. And then she went back because she killed someone. Every time you say meat face, I'm thinking of meat wad from uh... people. She ends up killing a couple of people in that excursion. One to get out. Yep. Maine's other. And he also adds that he that maybe he didn't want to know what she was really doing. Then we get into the beginning part of this episode, which this is one of those things that I love Jessica jo that Jessica Jones does, and I love that TV shows do this in general or movies. When and it's the best way to tell a joke as a stand up co comic too, from for me anyways, that makes me laugh, is when things lull you into certain feelings. And at the very beginning of this particular episode, this episode in general is pretty funny. And it's probably one of the more funny episodes, at least for me, uh, all the interaction between Jess and her mom that we get into this conversation between Jess and Carl, why her mom's trying to cook dinner upstairs, took breakfast upstairs and breaking everything in the kitchen. I was laughing. I just thought it was very, very fun. And they lull you into that sense of humor and enjoyment. And then they give you an episode like the second episode and the third episode where they really break it down to this. So they put Jessica through hell. They just drag her face through the concrete, and she has to go through all this horrible shit. And, and that's one of the things I really like about this show. It's those parallels that they have. So Alyssa's mother methodically breaks everything down in an attempt to, to make breakfast. Carl suggests that Jessica talk to her and calm down. Jessica says, so you know I really have that effect on people. Great fucking line. Uh, also, another line, better go check on mom was really hilarious, too. So after telling Trish that she's getting drunk, basically Trish is calling and the dude's like, Carl's like, you got to talk to Trish because if she shows up here, bad shit's going to happen. And uh, Jess says she's getting drunk at a bar somewhere to call off the IGH hunt. hunt. Carl lets her out of the restraints and the first thing she does is basically lock him out of the room and texts the address to Artie Bucco. When Alyssa busts in, they have a hilarious mother-daughter thing with Jessica with uh, Alyssa grabbing the phone, saying, "Do you want me to go to prison?" and demanding to know who Jessica texted. Jessica responds back to her, "He's a pervert with a god complex who made himself a powerful girlfriend for kicks." That's Jessica's opinion of the situation. Alyssa does not agree, so Carl, who says this is my fault, and then holds uh, Alyssa just holds Jess down. So, do you agree with? Do you agree with Jess's assessment of the doctor, Joe? It's half right. It's half no. right. It's half right. I agree. No, exactly. It's half right. It's not 100% correct. Jess does not have all the information. And I think a lot of but, what Jessica's saying is based around how she's hurt. Her her hurt about everything. Like, given, given life and death circumstances like that, I'm sure a lot of people would say, if I couldn't have answered, I would love for them to do that. Maybe I become a superhero or at least I get cured, you know, but there's a lot of people who would be very upset about being kidnapped out of an emergency room and experimented on and essentially kept captive for that long while they were still doing experiments. And if, if she ended up dying in any of those experiments, you know, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. I mean, but then there's the other side of it that 
if the person dies that's going to die already is it like it's it's such a weird line and that's where it's everything on this show because i agree well, with that's you. why it would be the person's decision and they don't have the capacity to make that decision that's the big thing like that's why if you like a lot of doctors may find dnrs but they're still like uh i couldn't really you know, do yeah. some hospitals have policies that are some doctors you know, by nature not all, have DNRs, exactly no doctor is not every person's perfect and i'm not saying this is a general world like all doctors are, but some doctors have that they just have they believe in life you know and they're like i need to save this person's life i don't give a fuck and they're in that moment will uh will will stand up and do the thing that they need to do so uh let's go into the live chat yeah Adi fucking buku over there i just i don't agree jessica jones stands because she's she's looking at it through her past with kilgrave still trying to convince phil to watch doctor who we got lots of doctor who fans in the live motherfucking chat so he's a pervert with a god complex so with Alyssa's blessing and a lot of pushing eventually carl decides to leave and take the money that they're stashed away and flees to un some undisclosed location i wonder where they got all that money Alyssa probably did what jess did at the beginning of uh, a couple of episodes ago and just stole money from atms and and built a stockpile of no, money for them the uh oh the the, 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 guy. the the titties guy yeah the 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 guy from yeah. So he probably was giving them money or they were putting away the money that he was giving them and they were ma making their day-to-day -day money in a different way or something like that. So now, Jessica, this sets up a very interesting moment here as we're zipping through this episode. Jessica has about 17 minutes with her mom to make up for the 17 years she missed. This, Joe, I talked a little bit in the last recap that we did for the f previous three episodes about how I wasn't completely feeling Alyssa and, uh, and Jessica's mother. I'm not saying I had a I had a I had a 180 degree turnaround on it, but I do see why I they cast. Her a bit more. I f I like her a lot more. I think future her is better than the past flashbacks version of her. She's a little bit more toned down, and the anger and aggression comes off a little bit more natural to me. Like when she's yelling at the cab driver, and at times it almost reminds me of Exorcist, like where where she'll just say almost like her head's gonna spin around. She's like, "You fucking cocksucker, motherfucker." It it's a little bit more palatable to me in these three episodes than it was the first three episodes. I don't know if it's TV Stockholm Syndrome, and I like the scenes that are happening so much, and I like the way the character's written so much that I'm being won over by the acting performance, but I definitely liked her more in these three episodes. Yeah, in that cab episode, in the cab that scene episode, too, it was more like she was fucking with both him and Jessica. She wasn't really upset. Yeah, and that's the thing too. She has a sense. Joe, you're so right about that. She has a sense of fucking humor. She and she knows she's half playing with Jessica and half playing with people's expectations of her. And she says that a lot in these scenes, in this 17 minute scene with Jessica. There's a lot of her fucking with Jessica, like bursting Jessica's bubble. And and I like also that dynamic because there's something that's very true in life about. I don't know if it's the same for you, Joe, or same for some of the people listening. But I definitely have certain sections of my youth an idyllic perspective of that I obviously wasn't aware of the truth and then when you learn about the truth about a situation you're like shit life didn't feel like that when I was a kid I thought everything was awesome happy-go-lucky when really there was x y and z in life going on and when you're a kid your perspective is so fucking narrow you just don't see what's going on around you and I especially when you're, you're lucky what was that if you're lucky yeah Exactly. Some some people, I'm like pointing to myself, some people get aged up very young and then they go back into youth when they're older or some shit like that. There's a lot of weird things, but Jessica was obviously someone that 
thought that every problem she had came from the event in her life and didn't understand and couldn't comprehend that everything that happened before that event life was still shitty too and this scene it completely rips apart everything that jessica thinks she believes and i like it so they have 17 minutes to wait for the cop assuming they'll arrest Alyssa when she gets there she'll be sent to the raft which Correct me if I'm wrong, live motherfucking chat and comment section. I believe The Raft is the second reference that we have towards the movies. I believe The Raft is mentioned in Civil War. I could be wrong about the reference, uh, but people in the live chat, please tell me about that. Um, because I don't want to be wrong for too long of this podcast. They come straight out and basically mention Captain America. Several they? times. Yeah, several times. The toy, though. They're talking about the kid's toy. Even but still. But Captain America exists in this universe. Yes. Right, even still, they come straight like that's the first I've ever heard in my mind them actually mentioning any of those other characters by name in any of these Netflix series. I want to say before that they've only mentioned it, like the green guy, or the, the green or guy, the, or the metal man, and or, and I want to say maybe in maybe in it was in Punisher, incidents. it might have been in Punisher or in Iron Fist or Daredevil season two. I'm blanking on which one it was. I believe we see someone wearing a Captain America shirt in one of those movies too. Yeah, right, like like you walk past a park and some kids wearing a Captain America T-shirt or something like that. But I'm pretty sure the raft is. A, gets referred to in Civil War. I could it's actually in Civil War. Thank you, Casper. I'm I'm like my memory of those movies all blank into one. So that's the prison that we see in Civil War. Thank you. And yes, yes, I'm gonna say that like Johnny Carson, Tim. Yeah. Or, or yes, you are correct, sir. I'll say that like Ed McMahon. I'm sorry. That was horrible. Helen says, Princess says, hi Phil and Chewy. <laughs> How are you guys doing? No Phil, it's Stockholm <laughs> TV. And we got the Madman Marts also in the live chat. Lots of love to Madman Marts. Great to see you. Thank you. Uh, the raft is where Captain America's team were detained at the end of Civil War. Thank you four times as funky. And thank you. And uh, Broke says, ah, I knew it sounded familiar. That's the place where they kept Captain's team. Cool. Okay. I knew I, I, I'm glad because I've been wrong a lot in these Jessica Jones recaps. I'm glad I was right about that one. So... Okay, so nothing Alyssa can say can change Jessica's mind about what kind of monster Carl is. You can hear it in the way she phrases exactly what his crimes are because ultimately Jessica blames Carl, uh, reasonably so, for making her who she is. And Jessica hasn't come to a point in time in any of these universes, any of these three series that she's appeared in, that she's okay with the fact she has powers. She looks at the powers as a negative, not as a positive, as something that drags her down in life doesn't help her through life and uh he says carl experiments on people who can't give consent why medicate kids when you're going to uh, alter their entire genetic code and again jessica makes some good points but she's again not not 100 percent looking at the situation with a wide-angled lens and eventually she gets to that point with her mother joe by saying we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later but when she says to her mother i don't forgive a lot but I understand why you didn't talk to me for 17 years. I get it now. So Jessica is someone that can understand something. She's Considering how wise-ass she is and how prickly she is, she's a relatively reasonable person when she has time to deal with it. When you first tell Jessica something, she's going to be like, fuck you. I, mean, I actually rewatched The Defenders not too long ago because I wanted to see if I enjoyed it more. And Jessica's the one that when everyone comes together in that in that in the uh, in the restaurant that and Stick shows up and tells everyone what's going on, all three of the other guys, even Daredevil, is like, okay, we kind of have to do this. Jessica's like, no, fuck you, I'm out, and walks out and comes back later when she has time to deal with th things. So again, yep. 
Jessica's just someone that needs to to use this word that uh, Joe and I were saying before the show started. Ruminate. Pondered over a uh, a couple of, of exactly exactly just like me with a sandwich, Joe. So like you tell me something, you go Phil, you want to go out, or so even something like that. I'm like, oh, oh no, do I want to go out? I don't know if I want to go out. Oh my god. Ah, 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 ah. And then I like need an hour to myself to be like, do I want to go out? And then I'm, I mean. Do I want to go out? And then I'll decide I want to go out or not. So it's not just me with mother... Wait. So it is not just me with mother issues, says French-Canadian Jason. <laughs> and uh, like Phil, she has a heart of glass. Excellently said, Tim. Poetry, Tim. Poetry, buddy. So we haven't seen a ton of Jessica's memories from before that accident, but she clearly remembers a happy childhood, not an idyllic one. Those memories have kept her going, and she has to face so much horror alone. In mere minutes, Alyssa dismantles Jessica's narrative, both by well, uh, by destroying her memories about their supposed happy family and undoing Jess's, Jess's sense of herself. Jess thinks that... And see, but that's just it. You know, none of that could be true. That could all be a lie. Right. It, you're 100%, Joe... And I wrote that at the end of the notes. Is everything she's saying honest here, or is it stuff that Carl's filled in the gaps for? How much does she actually remember? You know, or not, I'm not saying Carl would be able to fill in the family gaps, but still, by talking her through it, and as as said a lot, every, there's three sides of every story: the truth, one person's side, another person's side. Well, more people if there's more people there. Everyone, excuse me, can shape a memory in the way that they want to shape it. No one, no matter ever, like I always think, always think my memory is the best memory in the world. Like I know how that night at Jane's Addiction went, Joe, in the back of the car when you were screaming at cops. Like I know specifically when he was screaming at cops, I'm going to give you an enema. I want to be the guy that sprays, sprays uh, water up your ass. Like I remember, and I know that's not specifically what happened. I'm just, I'm just protecting you there. I said some pretty rude things to that, to Co- that officer. Uh, officer, you screaming some pretty I rude stuff at her. Officer, but like what I'm and proud of, but <laughs> but what I'm <laughs> but what I'm saying is I remember that situation. I remember that night. I remember the gates getting thrown down and the band and all the people jumping up on stage and because security was too much to be matched from the audience. I remember being so close to flee, like up on stage with them and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and then them leaving stage and then coming back. I remember the, and the mushrooms that were this fucking big, right? Like, but you probably remember something a little bit different. Nick remembers something. Something a little bit different. And the tr- driving home in the pouring rain without a windshield wiper yep. on the driver's side. I remember that. And, and Amy was uh, like rubbing, g- p- hanging out out of the side of the car and like cleaning off the windshield wiper. So, so four different stories. But the truth of what happened that night is probably different than any of us remember. So it very clearly could just be helped shape her mom's perspective. Jess thinks the accident made her the way she is, moody and dark, who pushes people away. But her mom says, you were always like that. You're a friendless loner who hated team sports, locked herself in a room listening to depressing rock music. Jess says, Nirvana isn't depressing. And Alyssa says, wait, and, what? And basically, too, like when you listen to all her uh, her comments about her and her husband there, to Jessica, they all kind of come off like she's a fucking douchebag as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or that you know she, what I mean? Like, she, she's like a condescending anger thing is something she had well before her accident, <laughs> just like Jessica's, you know, teen, alt teen angst shit was there before her accident, before yeah. the same accident, you know? But like mother, like daughter, they've both always kind of been like this. Hey, hey, I want you cray cray, DJ. Want you cray, cray cray cray. <laughs> Sorry, but no, great point, Joe. Great point. So Nirvana under a breath. Nirvana isn't depressing, really. So Alyssa, 
Ah, Nerda. Nirvana. Listen to those lyrics, Jess. You, you can't even say that with a straight face. And this is what Joe was saying before. Alyssa also says that Jess and dad were fighting so often and they were close to divorce. This is where Jess's mother, again, as Joe was saying, just has this almost an attitude about it. Like, your dad was weak. I was strong. He was holding me back. I hated him because I wouldn't take a job because he wouldn't take a job moving the and family. I, yeah, he wouldn't move the family so, and I wouldn't, you know, this and that. Right. So I had to teach fucking college kids and it was fucking and annoying. I resented him for it. And I had to teach junior college. And we didn't have sex for almost a year. And Jess goes, ew, I don't need to hear that. But and this is all this is all manipulative, too, is what I'm saying, too. Yep. You know, like. Like she's trying to break down what Jessica knows because she wants Jessica on her side. She wants Jessica back. So if these are the things that Jessica is saying, you know, part of the reasons I hate you and part of the reasons why this is all wrong and bad, she, whether this stuff is true or not, this could all just be, you know, the attempt to get Jessica on her side. Yep, and especially where we see that the story eventually goes, where she turns into the uh, Darth Vader, and she's like, oh, Jessica, join me, and we can control the universe as mother and daughter. And she gets like, oh, sorry, that was a horrible Vader. But she she ultimately gets to that point where she's just wanting to uh, her and Jessica to run the world together and stuff. Hey, hey, Rich, great to see you, buddy. Great to see Shatwell in the live motherfucking chat at at the uh, at lunchtime here. <laughs> wee, 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 why does Joe look like he's being held captive in Fuse Basement? That's because I uh, I have blackmail on Joe. It's the only thing keeping him doing this podcast right now. So, uh, so I am tired. I worked last night. I did all that shoveling. We had two feet of snow over the last day and a half. Been shoveling, been working. And been not and not being allowed to watch the last season of uh, uh the, last the last three, three episodes. episodes of Jessica Jones. Get your fucking ass together, Philip. The last two and days finish this recode in and working and shoveling. <laughs> so here we go. When I look at you, Joe, I don't see my mother. Jess says she paused for a long time, but your voice makes me feel but like I I'm hear her. And then Alicia to go to Joe's point about Alyssa being a manipulator, she starts talking in a very maternal way about good moments. Me uh, talking about how uh, how uh, her whole life's a lie and her childhood was a bummer. Just uh, just as it gets to that part about riding the fer riding the Ferris wheel. Jess busting into a big beautiful grin. Jessica, and again, Christine Ritter's performance as Jessica Jones is exceptional. She says so much with her face in this role without saying anything, and you can see the changeover with her mother's manipulation kind of setting in. Because I do agree with you, Joe. It was her mother's survival instinct, or whether it's an intentional, I'm going to manipulate my daughter, or it's just almost similar to Carmela Soprano when she's dating that other guy, and uh, the teacher, and she's like using him to get AJ good grades, and he turns to her and goes... You know you're manipulating me, and she goes, "I'm not manipulating people. This is just what people do, right? right? This is this is just life. Like I don't think her mother knows any better. I don't. I like I think the way she's been rebuilt. No, she doesn't. I at least that's my take on it. And you think she's intentionally manipulating her? Of course. Okay. Like, but but, I mean, anytime you're having an argument or a back and forth with someone. You're trying to manipulate them. You're trying to get them to see mm. your point and do what you want them to do. Good manipulation. how you want them to, or behave how you want them to. Joe, good, like good manipulation tactic. I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's gonna be a. So Jess ultimately figures out that there's gonna be another way out of this room because if if Mom was escaping on Carl to go kill people, how else would Alyssa have snuck out? 
By the time the cops arrive, Alyssa, she f ends up finding a hole in the wall where the hobbit lives. So by the time the cops arrive, <laughs> Jess and Alyssa are going through the tunnel beneath the house. Jess doesn't have a plan, but she is. That's a, a small fucking hole, too. Did you see it? Yeah, that's why I said so a hobbit can fit out. It's, it's just like it's like a crawl space. <laughs> Yeah, it's the size of a basketball these two women are getting yeah, they're, they're sneaking through. Uh, they're flexible. So uh, Jess doesn't have a plan, but she isn't ready to give up her mom just yet. On the way in the escape, we get this probably one of the funniest scenes of all of Jessica Jones' season two so far. Alyssa yelling at the taxi driver for texting while he's driving. He's texting while he's driving. That's what people do. How cold do you think it gets down there in the winter with that hole in the wall? <laughs> that's true that's why there's a big bookcase blocking it dude oh yeah that's gonna work wonders <laughs> against the draft stop bringing reality into this joe so, okay 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 okay, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay joe Pesci. so uh so, sorry i just watched uh oh but seriously that heating bill right? <laughs> yeah, seriously though you don't think carl's gonna figure that out well carl's not paying his bills it's it's uh the titty cab driver from total recall that's doing it dude, so. lock the bitch up in the in the cellar in the <laughs> in the fucking middle of the winter because she's raging and it's like cold and you can hear the wind blowing it's right cold. no 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 i i know i agree carl's not that smart he doesn't want to know joe he says that before perhaps they didn't want to know me just, you know i didn't know she's out there killing people she, she doesn't even try to she take my no she was out there you know uh she Dude, she like doesn't even try know. to take my weed, dude. I swear that was one line he said in the show. She, she didn't even try to take my weed, man. Yeah, man, she didn't even want to puff, man. I was like, Jerry. Yeah, and D to DJ the, adds. To Jerry, and then she broke my 12-inch, man. <laughs> DJ adds, well, it went through some earth, so maybe it wouldn't get Jerry that cold. Her, man. <laughs> and Paul adds the fucking heating bill. Uh, so... Okay, so uh, but then I said, you know, I got a Phil Lesh record too, and we could listen to that. Dude, dude, you want to you want to go to the man. Rat Dog concert, dude? You want to go to the Rat? I ain't dog? going to the Raft, man. No, the Rat Dog, Rat Dog, oh, dude. Rat Dog, man, yeah. Rat Dog, dude, dude, there's amazing, dude, totally. <laughs> you can tell Joe and I's disdain for hippies. So we we go to. You're like, what? I go to a hippie festival. I'm like, they're like, what's that smell, dude? It's called a shower, assholes, you dirty fucking bastards. <laughs> Try it sometimes. It's not patchouli. It's not that fucking disgusting patchouli smell. Okay. Oh, I love it. I know you do, you sick son of a bitch. So by the time the cops <laughs> arrive, Jessica and Alyssa are gone. They get into the taxi and, uh, again, a really funny scene between the taxi driver. And, and I agree with what Joe said earlier. I don't think <laughs> Alyssa's ever going to beat the shit out of the taxi driver. I think this is just normal rage of, of her being mom and i think we get a few moments of that through it as well she knows she has rage problems she doesn't care she's she also has a severe ego that i believe she had before the accident too and it's coming through no you're fucking texting and driving stop texting and driving and then well also what she's doing here is okay so here's here's my take if she's not really upset which i didn't think she was i didn't think the texting and the back talk or the whatever was really enraging her I think she was getting a kick out of it. Yeah, I thought it was funny. And I also see see here in this in this situation now you've already kind of got Jess on your side a little bit, right? So now you throw Jessica into a role of having to protect her a little bit more. Not only because does she have to protect her, but in order to she's got to protect herself, right? And not let mom kill the fucking cab driver. She's got to protect the cab driver also, but She's protecting mom and she's and that'll bring her a little bit closer. It might annoy her a little, but 
it's giving her a sense of mm. no good a small sense and it's but it's there and it's a, another tactic to get her you know it, in the next moment the relief will be there from not having you know the taxi driver dead and it will and it will have that effect of you know like i just helped this person no. you know, mm. i'm you know it will, it will yeah it will uh it will attach themselves together a little bit it, yes. cre it creates a sense of once you help someone out it creates a sense of uh, attachment or connection in that moment it's uh you could view it in the way you're talking about it and i didn't look at it that way but it's an See, interesting now, perspective it's another manipulate i need you to help me it's another manipulation tactic and gotta ha gotta say a huge thank you to Princess for another su super chat donation. That was supposed to be fast music, but whatever. Princess, thank you so much for the super chat donation. I know you. I know what you want this to land on. You want Joe and I. You want reviewer commentary of your choice, so Joe and I can have to have to review Honey Boo Boo's Christmas special or some shit like oh, that. Yeah. So here we go. Let's spin the wheel and see what Princess gets. Let's see what Princess gets as we continue in here and thank you so much for the super chat donations they really fucking help it says both take shots so it did not land on that so joe and i need to take a shot joe can take a shot of his coffee he doesn't have to get drunk right now but i will t I'll, or i'll take two and, and not in like four days on sunday but in my next walking dead podcast i will make sure i have he'll catch he'll like catch up a little recap that we do but like the actual oh yeah i'll catch up phil's gonna keep tally Put a put put a one on that board. I next will. To Joe, take a shot. We will times, times two. Don't don't worry. Uh, don't worry. Or not times two on the board. Like I got to take two if it lands on it. But <laughs> put like a, I owe one on that board somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna write it down here. Joe owes a shot. Joe oh one shot. There we go. We got it. we got it. We, I got it written down. There we go. And I'll tell you what. I'll settle up at the very beginning of the show before we even start the cast. Good. Good, 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 good. Is that wheel literally on only booze or is it me? It's not only booze, but you did land on booze. So here's your shot, princess. Here we go. Mm. Oh, that's becoming way too easy. So as Jess tries to figure out what to do, there's no manual on tell you what to do when your mother, who's been dead for 17 years, comes back and is a mass murderer. I'm kind of willing. Yeah, Pander into jail. So the good cop, Adi Buko, uh, pulls her outside, and Jessica talks him out of stepping into the apartment. But when she does go back, and, and he also says, "You screw me over one more time, we're done." So he goes back. She goes back inside. Her mom's gone. Did she escape? Did you go to see Carl again? No. This is the scene where I thought they were in Boston, where she runs out looking for her mom. But ultimately, she jumped to the roof and bumped into Oscar on the way down, and then started to kind of flirt with him a little bit or just bullshit with him a little bit like oh Oscar you're such a nice guy you're the new boyfriend here you go oh come on and also Alyssa sees the painting that he made for her and and starts mentioning what artist it's like and just totally this is one of those moments where she's just being a mom an annoying mom and she, she she's doing it on purpose to uh, again ingrain herself into Jessica a little bit more of the stuff that happened in the cab as Joe was mentioning I think he makes an excellent point on that uh, let's talk about Joe like he's not in the room I think Joe made an excellent I think he made an excellent point on this let's 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 get Joe out of there so yeah I think I think that guy Joe made an excellent point so as Jess tries to figure out what to do okay so then Jess takes the couch for the night but is undecided on what to do for tomorrow there's no version of this that ends well she says she as she says Alyssa carries her restraints to the bedroom and says unless it doesn't have to unless it doesn't have to end but before anyone can get settled in the 
everything's interrupted with someone shooting through the window. And I got to admit, there's a couple of points in this episode, in these episodes that threw me for a loop. Things didn't go exactly the way I wanted or I couldn't predict. It didn't occur to me off the bat that this was going to be Chang. It makes sense afterwards, but I'm like, who the fuck just shot at them? And uh, Alyssa mentions that she can, can't control her rages when things get personal. So she spots them and is on the, uh, on the hunt. The other stuff that happens in this episode, I'm sort of grouping it together, the Hogarth stuff. We're just going to yada yada this because of the ultimate reveal of it in the end. There's not too much talking about this stuff, but I got to say this was the other thing. I Maybe I should have. But I did not see the Hogarth stuff going the way it did. And it surprised me. And it was fucking heartbreaking. And Carrie Ann Moss, is that her name? Trinity? She she did an excellent job in this episode. Again, doing that thing I was talking about at the beginning. Building expectations. Putting you... The biggest thing, comedy or horror or... Not horror or thriller. And again... Walking Dead take notice of this when you don't know something's coming and they fill you and they sense you in a sense of a lull you into a sense of security and comfort about something. And I can admit, I was like, oh, this is all working out for her. She's probably going to end up okay. Like I did not think of the con man aspect of it and I should have. I should have. I almost feel stupid that I didn't know that I didn't think about that she was being worked this whole time. But, but it, it got but me. Got me. It totally got me. The, well, the moment she mentions it to Carl. Of course, I, I hope everybody was had the same exact thought that Jessica had and yeah. saw that. Yeah, the, that, that moment you knew because why else would she have mentioned it in that sense? But I mean, through the first couple of episodes and with everything that was happening between Hogarth and this girl, like I thought that maybe Hogarth liked her more than she liked her, uh, but the prison meetings and all of that, I bought all of those scenes, hook, line, and sinker. And the uh, the healing scene, I thought even maybe the healing wouldn't work. I started saying that while I was watching and writing in my notes. I don't think the healing's going to work. She's she's accepting that it's working too soon. But I never thought that they were just con people that were trying to rob her out of all of her shit. That was that was a legitimate reveal and uh, a re- legitimate surprise for me. And I like I like that the show kept me guess kept me kept me fucked up on that one. Yeah, that Brooke says that was so fucked up. I wanted her to be healed. I didn't know either. Uh, not matching your personality. Jessica's voice in German is so fucking weird and annoying. It's not matching your personality at all. Duck shies. Yeah, it's too. Uh, I, I don't know how well uh, like subtle sarcastic humor works on translations. So uh, I'll take your word for that one, princess. But that night, over two hundred thousand. So ultimately, she buys a lot of champagne for her. She uh, she they probably make it all like like a uh, Barbie dolly. What you would imagine, like. German Barbie doll yeah. sound. That being said, I have watched uh I've 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 watched uh what is it? Breaking Bad in Spanish. It's on Netflix. You can actually watch it. It's pretty fucking awesome. I won't lie, it's pretty fucking awesome. So, uh Malcolm the Okay, so the next morning the Malcolm Malcolm has morning after snuggles rejected as Trish tells him uh as he can just tell Trish is on drugs. Trish who I agree with the author of this article, who is the dumbest dumb dumb that ever dumb dumbed, admits to Malcolm that she doesn't even know what's in the inhaler, and is uh, it is so confident that it's not addictive, even though she's clearly addicted to it. Here's a con- know, right? here's an incomplete list of her justifications she makes for it, this being perfectly safe. One, it's the same thing as three shots of espresso. Two, it's not heroin, and three, it's not coke. How big of a dumbass is Trish Joe? On a scale of one to 
to, to dumbass. Does she get the Red Foreman Award for dumbass she on television? Did, I was just about to say that. <laughs> she gets the Red Foreman foot in the ass dumbass. <laughs> you dumbass. There is a famous German named Barbie, you know? Oh, interesting. Emo Barbie. And uh, yes. <laughs> Princess says yes. Exactly, Joe. <laughs> Lots of funny stuff as always going on in the live motherfucking chat. DJ attacking Joe right there. Joe watched the last episode of Tom versus Time and he's sad. So uh, so anyway, so Malcolm and lots of snuggles. It's whatever. So Malcolm wants nothing to do with this, and he leaves Trish to search for Jessica alone when he finds a lead for Jerry's case. Remember how she wanted her and her partners. I like how Malcolm just said, fuck you, and left. He winds up in a street fight, and Trish, high on the combat enhancers, happens to drop by and kick some fucking ass and save Malcolm, who gets his ass kicked, but isn't well, it, but isn't in a life-or-death situation. I just want to point out that when Malcolm gets his ass well, kicked... you don't here, know. You they, don't know. She shows up. They could have got to a hospital, Joe. They she didn't need to do this. She. I just want to finish this and then let's talk. Oh about no, she, no, 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 no. That's true. She they, peer she pressures him. She peer pressures him in a go to a hospital. Maybe the, exactly. She peer pressures him in a moment of weakness, and it's almost the writer says this, and I agree. It's almost like a dare PSA here. It's like take a puff. I don't want to take a puff. No, you like it. Just do it. Just do it. Just and then she basically like gets on him, like rubs up against him, and is like, no, take one, take one, and like seduce, manipulates him into a drug addict, into taking an addictive drug that she's too much of a dumbass to know that she's an addict addicted to. And someone who's invested in their sobriety as well. Yeah. So sorry, Joe, but but this just pissed yeah. me off. I I know maybe he didn't have to go to the hospital. Maybe he couldn't have. It was a maybe it was a life or death situation. He had internal yeah. injuries, perhaps, but. Fuck, dude. Trish just made that decision really quick. She just needs a partner. Misery loves fucking company. Well, I really like what happened inside the club right before that, too. Because... Talk about that. Yep. Makes the call himself that he's just gonna run a con on this guy. And... And, you know, really kind of... And maybe that's that's also like, you know, this Hogarth stuff that that happened and then this kid's running a con we should have maybe seen it you know because especially because that has to do with the hogarth situation right and so this kid tries to run a con on the partner to go against to turn him against the other partner and maybe try to ally with hogarth or with stuff or whatever you know so i really like that i like it was smart of the kid yeah no i agree i think so great blackmail out on his own like that Dude, I agree, and he totally manipulated him, totally did a quick blackmail, No, is learning from Jessica, and I generally really like Malcolm this season until we get to him later post what Trish fucking with him, which I can, can't blame him for being a little bit snuff up in his upagus after Trish completely manipulating him because he's not dumb enough to not realize what she's doing. So after the fact, he, go, he, he starts attacking... Jess and her as one entity it reminds me again we talked about the situation before situation you and me were in the park with one of your exes once and uh, she she got pissed off at at me and she grouped you and me together saying you guys fucking suck fuck both of you you manipulating fucking assholes you two you two fuck you two I'm out of here and walked off when she was really pissed at me in that moment or pissed at you in that moment who who knows Malcolm does that with Trish and Jess where he groups them together because they're friends and because they're sisters and they're going to be together no matter what at the end here where it's like, no, you're, you're fucking letting her be a drug addict. You're not telling her. You're fucking always treat me like shit. But all of this comes from 
Trish fucking with him in this moment. It's all Trish's fault. Yep. So that's the end of that episode. Let's keep going as we go into episode nine, a.k.a. Shark in the Bathtub. Monster in the bed. <laughs> Monster in the bed. Okay, so... Uh, Oh, Atari says, and by famous, I meant Nazi major. Guess Phil has never seen Rat Race or Barbie, Barbie Museum. Now that you say that, I uh, that the name Barbie reminds me reminds me of some history classes in my past, but I blocked it all out by stupid TV t- TV information. Trivia, yeah, yeah, stupid TV, TV trivia. Trump's history trivia. Yeah, duh. Come, come on, duh, dude, duh, duh. I'm an idiot, dude. Duh. If I'm interested in history, I'll just read about it. Uh, no, but but no, at some point in time, that was I. I did know uh, relatively a decent amount about history. It's probably out of all shitty subjects in school, it's the one I think I maintain the most memory of, except for english and grammar and shit like that not that i speak in correct grammar or write correct grammar or right I, I, just, I, I couldn't if you asked me to do an algebra even, look at the board behind them yeah tell yeah. me half those words aren't even english not even english but that being said i'd have a better job better time or easier time writing a paragraph in complete correct grammar than i would doing an algebra problem right now or a geometry proof or some shit like that or or put give me some give me a bunsen burner right now and i'm gonna burn down the whole house dude so like whereas history i could i do pretty good with world war one and world war two history world history not so much and i do probably decent with uh with with certain english okay shit. so what started world war one the assassination of archduke ferdinand all right Right? Am I correct about that? There was a couple of yeah. things, but that is the inciting uh, event. What was the area between the German and French fronts called? Uh, the demilitarized zone? I'm not sure about that, no. No man's land. No man's land. Okay. That's a little, that's a little specific, but, but thank you. But, okay, do you, have, do you have one more for me or one more for me to see if, uh, could see if I can get two out of three? But I'm, I'm happy with the one. I should have left it. I should have ended on the... Um, what is the name of the defensive line that the french installed dunkirk right at, at the end of world war one world war one to stop another invasion um i do not know joe tell me marginal mm, good so joe joe actually actually knows his shit a little bit here so i remember i remember a lot of times in my in my childhood joe and my grandmother who was a very big history buff having uh, discussions at the kitchen table after sandwich eating about uh, history stuff and having good arguments and stuff. So at least, at least I got one of three. So I, I got one of three, not bad. So episode Phil speak good English. Phil, <laughs> Phil, yo, Phil, <laughs> deuce. By the chat. Phil speak good English. What was the name of the border between North and South Korea, Joe? It's the 51st parallel. 51st parallel funny being very generous to lucy lucy good though uh good oh, everyone in the live chat jumping on in with the uh with the answers because they're a little delayed to us so you can see as you know right there yeah you can see who get who's getting it right and who's getting it wrong in the live chat so episode great to see alan who just joined us as well good to see you buddy so episode nine aka shark in the bathtub well at least we know who the shooter is the shooter is price chang still bruised that his wartime buddy was drawn and quartered and ripped apart by Alyssa in the back of uh the back of that van aims like a sniper through jessica's window and fires lissa eyes him which is a really fucking awesome moment where he sees that she sees him and it's just like fuck dude and runs the fuck out of there and she catches him in no time it's a fun action scene though and jessica's there to stop her saying mom so Alyssa hesitates before she can commit any more homicide and jess uses Alyssa's strength tranquilizer to knock 
Rice unconscious for a while. So it is. It's so Jess clings to her uh, her powers, but Alyssa has no qualms about using her powers. And Alyssa's reaction is the best. That her only option in this moment is to kill Price. She doesn't even really give it any thought. She's like. Basically, we just need to kill him, right? She doesn't try to think of it another way. She doesn't seem to think it's worth taking the time to come up with a non-homicidal alternative. She says this is about keeping her kid out of prison, but it's also clearly about saving your own skin. And Jess is clear. You lay one finger on him. You're dead to me again. So Price is safely unconscious and sleeping it off in a bathtub. Jess yeah, I mean, she's like, how long is he going to be out for? I, I don't know. You gave him a full plunge of fucking super sedative, for Christ's sake. Didn't it even occur to you? Maybe I'll just like, maybe I'll give him a quarter dose. See how that works. No, Jess. <laughs> Jess is a blunt instrument. She doesn't. She doesn't think. She just grabbed it, grabbed and played stabby, stabby and shit like that. Like, good thing he didn't have an allergic reaction. Good thing it wasn't like specially formulated for the super chick over there, you know. <laughs> and like, lucky it worked on you because you're a DNA like half bred of your mother over there. So. Like how Jessica only later – this is what Tari Dad says. Like how Jessica only later realizes that the tranquilizer can kill him. Then she uses it on yeah, him on again. Him again, right? Another whole plunger. Big deal. Casper says instead they just make him piss his pants, which is fun. With a name like Price, you got to be a badass like Captain Price from COD Modern Warfare. says Alan, not Price. So Price, who is safely and unconscious in the bathtub, sleeping it off. Jessica and Alyssa have some more mother-daughter bonding time. So much of what connects them now doesn't have anything to do with their pre-accident lives, but with the powers and the attendant horrors that IGH inflicted upon, inflicted upon them. Speed healing, night terrors, expensive high tolerance for alcohol. Jess has to be tender and careful as a matter of self-preservation. Uh, we've, we see when it's happened, when, she, when Alyssa gets angry, and in her voiceovers, we see that it's an impossible situation running laps around her brain. She doesn't want to lose her mom again, but this is what it means to have her back. Do you yeah. think, this, go, this goes to a question about data when with the Borg and Star Trek everyone drink but do you think Jessica was actually considering at any point in time in all of this keeping her mother out of jail no yeah me neither I think it, I think she was trying to talk herself into not doing it not talk herself into doing it she kept trying to find a reason why <laughs> she shouldn't do this and when price eventually wakes up covered in piss and says to her logic in those moments price is a fucking idiot and has oh, she had, i think she had already decided before that i think one... but it was it's that last moment when even you know you decided but just it's from the mouth of babes you just hear some even an idiot knows what you got to do and i think it was one of those moments where it's like yeah even this idiot knows this is the only thing i got to do and she sort of was just like okay fuck it you know I... no, she knew she knew i think she knew the moment the cop went away mm, the mo and she ran around the building but mom just went upstairs and then talked to the who she called boyfriend right so uh i think that was the moment she knew and she was like fuck i really fucked up she's gonna go out and kill someone else and that's my fault you know i think that's the moment she knew she was going to be handing her mom in <laughs> broke says price is literally the sansa of this season someone else referred to trish as the sansa of this season in the in the comment section so. yeah yeah i'm i'm feeling it's more like trish's sansa <laughs> that someone so, nothing I, more than to be a you know i want to 
I want to find that comment on the video. In the next episode, any comments that we got on the Jessica Jones videos, we're going to read on the show too and, and answer questions and stuff. But I, I believe the comment was something to the effect of, I didn't think anyone I could anyone could annoy me more than Sansa. And then Trish, Trish came along. And then Trish came along, right? <laughs> it was, it was she something. really fucking annoys me. Like. <laughs> it was something. That, so speaking of Trish, Trish comes I'm by. Like, I don't know how Jess like, hasn't completely cut her out of her life. It's interesting because up until now, we haven't seen full Trish, like Trish addicted to something and the lengths through many times in their lives they've had to deal she's with. She's addicted to fame. She's addicted to power. She's addicted to a lot of shit, dude. It's not just fame. It's power. It's control. It's it's wanting to have everything that everyone else has. She doesn't want Jessica to have anything on her, not even one skill. It's It's... It's like, oh, Jessica has powers. I have to be better than Jessica at anything. I need to be better with powers because I'd be a better superhero than Jessica. And yeah. maybe sometimes that's quelled when she gets other vices, when she has other people feeding her ego, like for Trish Talk for years, and she or sobriety or whatever, pushing through. But once that, once she's at all in a, not a dangerous, but a unstable situation, the real people come out, you know, and... I'm friends and I'm close with the people I am in my life because even in dangerous, fucked up situations, I can still count on those people and they prove to me in life. Not every situation, not 100% of the time, but more times than not, the people in my life that I'm close to are there when shit's difficult, you know, and you go through a bunch of fucking crap. And even when they're going through crap, whether they're addicted or going through shit, they're still there for you. And the ones that aren't and they put you through crap like this, you wipe your hands with it. Trish... On the other hand, it's just, it's too much. I would have wiped my hand about of this person all the time because once she starts going down, once she's in a little bit of a situation where the floor is uneasy on her or she fucks up a little bit, there she is the worst addict on the planet. Like, And she is someone that just wants to burn everyone around her if you're not agreeing with her. And she is a horrible person, dude, this season. This season, Trish is just, you talked about this a couple times in leading up to this podcast, Joe. Trit, we're, without a central villain, and I'm getting, and obviously at this point we're not going to have a central villain. It's going to be this this story of Jess, Jessica's origin and where that leads into the ne- into further on the line. At least that's my speculation of these final three episodes. I don't think we're going to be introduced to a new character that's our quote unquote big bad. But yeah, I, okay. Trish, okay, so, Trish is our bad guy. <laughs> so this is what I'm thinking: either Trish turns into a a bad guy by the end of this, and there's a show little showdown, or in Trish's attempt to get powers and, and the horrible shit she continues to do, the mother ends up getting out of jail and Trish with her newly found maid slash powers go and kill the mother, the mother k- yeah. k- kill them somehow kill the mother. And Jessica deals with at the end of the season, watching Trish murder her mother yeah. or something to that effect, or maybe the other way around who knows it's uh, because we get into like, Again, one of the best scenes of the entire season so far with Trish and the mom in the prison cell. It's a li- we're a little bit we're not quite to that point yet, but th- I really like that scene because for the first time, Malcolm to a somewhat extent at, t- at some points in time, but Trish, ha- we don't see people talking to Trish like this and really putting her in her place. And I'm a hundred percent team the mom in that scene with the two of them. And I forgot to mention when Trish gives Malcolm the drugs, he sprints off and go and immediately agree- disagree. 
regrets doing it and just sprints off. So Trish comes by and she's very upset about Jess's abandonment of the IGH case. Jess does not tell Trish about the mother, but instead says she's totally fair and valid question. Can I just do something and do nothing and have it be okay? Trish says, dude, you need to do this. We need to fucking do this. We need to fucking do this. We got to do this. Yeah, we got to fucking do this. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> and she comes straight out and say it. It's just about my story, not about you. Yeah. It's never been about you, Jessica, finding give, your lost yeah, eye. I don't give a fuck me. about you. This is about me being important, Joe. This is about me getting my story. Joe, shut end. up. This show isn't about you. No, this is about using this... you for my betterment. You know what? I'm muting Joe because this show isn't about Joe. This show is about me and me talking. I don't want to hear what Joe has to say. Fuck him. Fuck his opinions. Fuck that bastard. He doesn't deserve to be here. Okay, you're unmuted now, Joe. But basically, uh. basically, that's what it is, though. You know, it's like it's that this person doesn't matter. We're not doing this podcast so both of our opinions could get out here. It's just about me. Fuck Joe. Fuck Joe and his fucking dirty dreadlock ass. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> so, so Trish is furious and leaves. So Alyssa has night terrors and it turns out that these nightmares, she's panicking and asking, where's Jessica? And when she shakes out of it, Jessica tells you, tells her, I always dream about you too. It's kind of a, an emotional moment that I got a little misty in that moment too, a couple times this season. So Oscar Devoted super, oh, Oscar, who comes down and is now the boyfriend, sees the shattered glass on the sidewalk from Jess's window and goes to investigate. He spots the gunshot wound treated, uh, that Jessica Jones treated with brown liquor and duct tape and wants to help. Without anyone else open up to, Trish also, with Trish being all high and mighty, Jess reveals some personal information to Oscar. Her mom has powers. Yeah, this is a cute moment. Aw, we're going to get together. Don't worry. We still like like each other. Yeah. Aw, aw. Could she, could this, could she, he just get the fuck out of here. He, you know what he is? He's a stall tactic until Luke and Rosario Dawson's relationship. Don't worry. If you need anything, you need papers for that. You know, I got your papers. <laughs> Needy, dangerous. Uh, great in bed until they start boiling rabbits, says K. Rich. Trisha's mother talks to her like that, but more often than not, not in her best interest. Yeah, that's a weird example, Atari Dad, because you're right, her mom does talk to her about that like that. But in that situation, it's weird that it's the it's someone that's worse than Trish to me. So I take Trisha's side in those arguments. That's like what I'm like, okay, come on. Trisha's mom's horrible. Uh, this, is where the stepmom, this is where mom shows up with the kid. And she flips out and leaves. An Atari dad adds that, sad to say, uh, leading into a little teaser here, the final couple of episodes, uh, Trish's mom comes across more rational than Trish. So, uh... That can't ever really happen. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll hold that point. Hold that point. Mention that in our final uh, final recap on Friday at 1, Joe? Does that work for you? Friday one yes. Friday one p.m. So if anyone's curious, our next recap will be two days from now. We've done I, these. Are you sure you want it two days from now? Because I'll probably be done with these today tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll hold I'll hold out on that. Let me tell you. Let me It'll let be you... tomorrow morning, as far as I'm concerned. Fair enough. I'll let you know. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get through them tonight. It depends on because I have to watch them. Um, as I'm sure you, you do. have to. No, I don't have to. You can't just pretend to later. <laughs> I could do that. Not tell. Does she have you on? Uh, does she have this on? Uh, you know, notifications. Phil went live. Well, uh, it is. It is. Can't you like grab her phone and turn that shit off tonight? We'll like... talk. About, we'll talk about that off air. Either our either our final re- <laughs> either our final recap will be tomorrow Thursday at 1 p.m. or Friday at 1 p.m. Keep an eye out. I will create the event as soon as possible. Joe and I will touch base through text when we're done watching and figure it out. But if I end up watching it tonight, Joe, definitely tomorrow. 
Definitely, <laughs> definitely tomorrow. So it will uh, theoretically be tomorrow at 1 p.m. Give us 24 hours, assholes, says Princess. Yeah, there'll be at least, well, it would be 23. It would be 24 hours from now. 24 hours and 19 minutes from now. But uh, <laughs> Joe, yeah. Joe's in Joe's a heart. absolutely rancid. Yes. Joe's like, let's let's get this baby done. Let's get this baby done while it's still fresh because he's he, he's afraid. He doesn't want to wait till Friday to watch them. And he knows if he watches them on Thursday and waits till Friday, he'll be like, what happened? All my rage will be gone, right? Yeah. I won't remember. You won't remember I'll anything. Wait, fulfilled a cue me on my rage spot. Like, he won't even know them. I won't know them. And then I'll be like, and then this happened. I'll be like, oh, yeah, and. <laughs> Attack. <sighs> So, yeah, so t- uh, probably 1 p.m., uh, 1, 2 p.m. tomorrow, theoretically, or uh, 1, 2 p.m. on Friday. So Oscar, uh, Oscar's a good guy and uh, tells her mom to have powers. You're shot. I like you. I'm involved. So at this uh, time, o- Oscar's ex shows up threatening to take Vito away for good. I'm not going to leave him. Blah, 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 as the ex drags v- Vito off, but Oscar isn't too worried. After all this, we get another super cute, awesome scene with Alyssa giving her mom a very, like, your bathroom's disgusting, and she makes her uh, brec- makes her breakfast, which is spaghetti with butter and jam, and Jessica's like, you cook like shit, and then we find out that the Ziploc bags are probably someone's, someone's cremated Labradoodle or something like that, it's not even her family, so Jess has been wa- holding well, the- all of them anyway. Or she says that none of them are, so that that even those aren't even her uh, her brother or father or something like that. Like the like those bodies were that that Carl. I think this at least that's how I read the scene. That Carl thought getting the getting the ashes of all of her family would help her. No, help yeah, her with some closure. But, right, but the father and brother was still cremated. Um, I I don't I have to watch back. I don't I don't think that was clear. I I, think I got they, the impression that just the mother's ashes were fake. Fair. I mean, it, honestly, honestly, it could go either way. I, I think they were just vague about that, and they, and in the moment, it made it seem like all the ashes might be fake because she's like, "Why are you holding on to all of those? You, they were all just, you know, they're probably all just labradoodle ashes or some shit like that." But. Well, because Jessica mentions when Jessica grabs it, she says it's your ashes. So the mother thinks it's just her ashes, maybe, and not the brothers and the fathers. Okay, very fair. I, uh, Catherine says, I finished Jessica Jones in one day. I tend, I'm a fiend for the Marvel Netflix shows, obviously not including Me Iron too. Fist. I think this jo- has been very tough for us. This we was, this was, and for both of us, I do, I just think for recapping, it's probably the best way. I think, no, it's the second best way. The best way to do it, Joe, and would be for you to be here. And like we do a be, live watch, and we not a live watch because live okay. watches are great, but live watches don't work completely. We wa- yeah, I wouldn't be able to watch right. it. It would be watch an episode, immediately come in here and do a half an hour podcast. Go back in, watch another episode, another half an hour podcast. That'd be fun. We should do that for the next Marvel one. Yeah, and I guess and you all in one day. I guess you wouldn't have to be here. We could just we could just time it out that we di- that we did it, but it would be uh, it would be more fun I think if you decided to just come out over for the day and we had like a twelve hour day of streaming or something like that twelve and uh, and do it for one of these Netflix series. So let's do it for the first half of the very next Marvel series that comes out okay. on Netflix. F- or that is a Netflix produced Marvel series, whatever uh, season we'll, or yeah, we'll figure we'll figure it out whether it's uh, whether it's the next Daredevil season or the next Luke Cage season or something like that. I hope Punisher's 
two is the next one or the next punisher that's what i'm saying let's let's wait let's let's wait and pick pick uh pick one we want to do because who knows it might be the next one might be iron fist or something like that you know we're we're not doing it iron fist that we're doing a burn uh uh, watch them all yeah that we're doing a live watch (laughs) because we're talking about live watch (laughs) so we can make fun of loris so we're making fun of loris the whole time so okay so lissa gives him uh gives the appraisal this place is disgusting creamed labradoodle all that sort of shit so uh so why hold on to the ashes and we could even double up joe and do oh uh, no because because i i wouldn't want to do a live watch because we talk i've i force myself to talk too much in those live watches even on the ones that i'm quiet on so uh so yeah we would do live watch immediate podcast you know watch watch yourselves a medium podcast it probably wouldn't take too long it would just be one whole day it would be a good a good long day of, of streaming it's probably just someone's cremated labradoodle. So Alyssa is astonished that Jessica blames herself for the accident as she immediately throws blame on the father. Says, he was a shitty driver. He needed to be in charge. His dick would fall off. He let me drive. Jessica's not thrilled to be discussing her no, dead dad's dick. Asshole. Alyssa loved to drive, but she didn't argue. She knows that shutting up and sitting shotgun isn't the best role model for a daughter, though uh, Jessica points out you have set worse examples. I'm surprised that Alyssa didn't think her daughter would carry all that weight for all these years. Jess did think she was the only survivor, and survivor's guilt is pretty well-documented phenomenon. I don't think her mother has empathy at all to answer to the writer's point in this in this section of the episode. I think the I think one thing that just didn't come through, whether she had that in her past or not, we'll never know unless we get more flashbacks of Jeff, Jessica's youth. But something in the robocopness of her when she got put back together doesn't quite have empathy in the exact way doesn't quite understand and think about shit like that and thinks things thinks of things in very cut and dry ways of oh you love me i love you why can't we be together there's no who gives a shit about that baggage i'm over that you should be over it too there's just that's the machine the machineness the androidness in her a little bit what door i surprised that I'm surprised that Alyssa didn't think her daughter would carry any of that shit. Even though Alyssa is the mom, she's almost childlike fantasy here. She That Jessica and her can run away, they can kill Price, and it would be like none of this ever happened. This is her Darth Vader moment. But then the family, it's interesting that she says a family getaway considering how bad the last one went together. And it's interrupted by Oscar who reports that the ex actually did take Vito. Vito and his mom get, uh, passports are gone. They go on an investigation, which ultimately they trank Price one more time, which is really stupid and everyone's off when they get to the bus situation we finally see jess doing that slow motion car stop again but turns out she needs help because it's a bus, it's a bus yeah. and Alyssa's there to help as well Vito's safe in oscar's arms once again and the bus driver comes out to see what's happens and jessica's like yeah dude you're uh you're like brakes must have gone off or something <laughs> and Alyssa goes to her this is real. again Alyssa and her have really funny comic timing and again i mentioned last episode how much I wasn't feeling this actress I feel her more when she's with uh Kristen Kristen Ritter I think she probably got cast based on that based on the chemistry she has with Kristen Kristen. and they're pretty because they're pretty funny together like when when you can see how this this is somewhere where Jessica got the foundation for some of her humor and her wise ass comments and shit like that she can keep up with her and, and push her there with the uh the 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 shit talking and stuff so Alyssa says, you really don't drive, do you? So after some not exactly, as the writer pointed out, not exactly subtle dialogue between Jess and Vito's pissed off mom, you're the mom, nothing's going to change. Jessica and Alyssa return home where Oscar volunteers his forging services for anything Alyssa needs. 
Uh, so the last boyfriend you and Jessica says the last boyfriend you met you killed in an alley. This is an improvement. She does say that she understands why her mom couldn't be around her. There's a lot I can forgive, but that I get. After their successful bus station mission, Alyssa again with the childlike visions of skipping off in the sunset together thinks Jessica can use their strength together to do something. But and I realize I'm on Joe's Joe's having I'm Joe's close up face having to listen to me talk that whole time. So so. Less than five minutes before this and five minutes after this line, it's, we need to kill Price right now. Yes. But here she's like, oh, we can be heroes and help people. We can be oh, heroes just for one day. Sorry. <laughs> you almost quoted that song. Uh, I haven't, Casper, but I've Lord heard. Rouge is awesome. I've uh, great, great movie. I haven't Casper, but I wonder if Joe has, and it's definitely something I want to check yes, out. Yes, I do. It's fucking amazing. So you need to do a review of it, Joe. So expect a Joe Dirty Locks alone review. <laughs> no, I'll do it. <clears throat> Joe and I in the future will do a. Sh I want to do a show like the What Would Joe Thinks show, but basically where Joe tells me what he likes about shows I haven't watched. So maybe that will be the first one we'll do. Uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Oh, we should do Strike Back. We could do two, and we could do two because I know it's not going to be two hours of an hour of you telling me why you like a certain show. So, it, so your review is going to be a lot more succinct than one of mine. Which I'll do a two-hour review of one thing. You'll you'll have twenty minutes and you'll make all the, your points and be done with it. So, come up with like two or three shows that you watch that you really love that you think I would like, or you just think it's awesome enough that I should that you want to talk about. Oh, you got to watch. At least uh, no, don't tell me now. Episodes. Don't tell me now. Don't tell me. No, no, now. no. You got to watch a couple episodes of it. Um, though, right? no, I want see. I want you to convince me to watch it. I don't care. Spoil. I, I'll be spoiled. I can't convince you to watch anything. Maybe you will on the air. You could, you could, uh, you I think could... I convinced you to watch game of Thrones. No, you convinced me to watch Vikings. Okay. And I game of Thrones too. And you could, uh, no, uh, the Opie actually initially convinced me to watch, uh, watch Game of Thrones because he was uh because of the books and then him and Devin were all and Steve were all talking about the books at like D and D nights and shit like that and, and I was like, Oh, the book sounds interesting so I like listened to the first book and then the series came out I didn't have HBO and then Opie's like, You're you should watch Game of Thrones. Here's the D V D of Game of Thrones, watch it and then that's how I watched the first season. Then I didn't have HBO again until season four, and that's when I started watching it again. So I like missed season no, two. Oh, I gave you I gave you my shit for that. You gave me your HBO Go sign in around season four, and that's how I caught up with season two and three. But I had already watched one. I had already watched season one. I watched season okay. one when I lived in Salem at. Uh, uh, no one wants to hear this fucking discussion. This is a discussion for off air. But okay, so after when Christ finally regains consciousness, he cannot. And great to see uh, Lisa Alicia in the live chat. AK, great to see you. Haven't seen you in a while. Lots of love to you. So even if I could control you, I can never change you, Jess says. Lisa tries to lighten the mood. Well, who doesn't when you could when, uh, change something about their mother? When Price finally regains consciousness, he cannot be talked out of wanting to bring Jess's mother to justice. Jess actually agrees, and she calls, uh, her, calls her a good detective. Alyssa overhears this exchange and punches her daughter in the face. Jess again calls her mom to bring uh, to bring her down. Calls her mom to bring her down, which ends the family infighting, but doesn't stop Alyssa from chasing Price down into the street. By the time he gets out outside, all the police have assembled because she texted Artie Bucco earlier, and of course Alyssa could kill them all, or at least a lot of them, if she wanted to before they took them down, and uh, and skip town, find Carl, but Jess begs her, please no more, as she finally listens. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, because watching your mother try to murder people and getting arrested isn't stressful enough, Jess feels awful that Trish has relapsed and can't be there for her. So Trish is not doing well. She looks like a fucking crazy beast watching a clip of Griffin St. Clair reporting from a war zone. And she takes another long hit. This is where Joe and I were talking about is Trish not learning anything. She actually takes a really long hit here, like an extended hit of the of the drug. Then I thought she was going to go for a second puff. I was rooting for it. <laughs> I was sad Boardwalk Empire ended, but then Game of Thrones started. Wow, Phil. So we were at the same point Game of Thrones was. It's, it's uh, Casp- Casper. I'm sorry. It, oh, it is Casper. I'm sorry. I thought I was pronouncing. Yeah, I was a late bloomer uh, with, uh, Ga- with Game of Thrones. It was I heard about the book story, watched the first season, then didn't have HBO for a long time when I lived in Salem and was into – that was when I binge-watched Deep Space Nine and a lot of other fucking shit around then. And then Joe was – awesome enough when after we did the walking dead recap to be like dude 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 get your fucking ass together watch fucking game of thrones catch the fuck up we gotta do a review of season four get your fucking ass together so uh, clearly no, yeah. yeah you you forced me at that point to be like dude you watch season one you haven't watched the rest of it what are you a fucking asshole <laughs> fucking watch it watch it dickhead so uh I, me- I remember that conversation very specifically there was a lot of insults and what the fucking shit are you watching i think we were arguing a lot about that particular season of sons of anarchy in our in our free time that i was enjoying and you weren't enjoying and you were like but forget that shit watch game yeah, of thrones no, that what- final season it was crushing me yep so then after it well, actually i think it was the second oh, well, sorry so second again stuff we should season. talk about the second uh, season you mean um Irish season. Yeah, I think it was. I think it might have been the Irish season. Anyways, then after a failed and stupid mission, uh, no, season five, Joe. Jerry's apartment to Inez to do uh, Trish talk. She tapes an episode with the author of a gluten free cookbook, and she has a this show is. I'm fucking done with this podcast. I'm done with fucking trying to do a fucking recap, Joe. You're interrupting me with fucking meaningless bullshit. This whole show fucking sucks. I suck. This is awful. I'm an awful host. This fucking piece of shit show sucks. I can't fucking do any good topics. I want to talk about some good shit like Honey Boo Boo, but I can't get the fucking wheel to land on review, so I can't rationalize how I can transition into reality conversation because that's all I want to talk about. Fuck all of you. Fuck everybody. I'm done. Sorry, that was my uh, attempt at a uh, breakdown, but it, it sucked. It didn't, work. it didn't work. It was awful. Trish's was better. So Trish starts screaming, blurting out topics that uh, she thinks is serious, like, what about child pornography, global warming, racism? Trish literally yells, wake up, people. And the author of this article and my eyes rolled back as far into my head as they can go. Yeah. And... <laughs> Sorry, everybody in the live chat's She cr- is just out of control. Her fucking mind. Mel says, I watched Game of Thrones first season, but then it took me a break after after what happened. The Game of Thrones ship has sailed for me. Just going to watch it when it's all done on Blu-ray. Atari Dad, I don't blame you. That's, I think, what I was thinking at the time, too, that I was just going to binge watch it all when it was done. And I'm happy for that, Tim. Uh, <laughs> Princess, you're fucking amazing. Trish had a walking dead moment in this, in this situation. So then... I'm just going to keep yada yadding the Jerry stuff until we get to the important shit. Um, after a failed attempt and stupid admission to Jerry's apartment to get Enos to do Trish talk. But somehow we're supposed to believe that after this freakout, and this is the author's word, and again, I'm using the Vulture articles here as my recap stuff because I want to watch the episodes as close as possible without having to take notes. 
But somehow we're supposed to believe, and I agree with what the author's perspective is here, we're supposed to believe that this objectively idiotic rant gets Trish the attention of CCN, the news network of her dreams. So again, with some awful on-the-nose dialogue, the CCN guy says, Trish, you can just uh, do what you did there every single day. Whatever spark makes you do what you do, hold on to it. So Trish goes to take another hit in the inhaler. The inhaler and it's gone. And get, yeah, it is gone. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, what the fuck? What am I going to do? So, uh, yeah, she's fucked. So while Trish uh, leans in harder to try to get, leans in harder into living with through better chemistry, Jerry opts for a typical practice of just using people. She and Inez seem like the most happy couple for whatever it's worth. Jerry meets Shane, the healer outside the prison, threatens to have him thrown in Supermax for those pesky two assaults he was never charged for. I gave you the gift of freedom. You can't keep it without me. So even though healing people is really dangerous for this dude, it's like, and again, this is useless to talk about because of what ultimately ends up happening. So we have one more episode to talk about today, and then we're going to get into uh, watching these final two episodes, final three episodes. So episode 10 called AKA Pork Chop starts off with, it seems like it's a time jump, but I think it's just a couple days later or something like that. Yeah, two days. Two days later or something like Maybe that. Maybe the next day. Yeah. Let's go into the live chat. No, Trish did her best Joe. Yeah, Trish did her best Joe rant. I love everything Evil, Ten, Evil Dead, but that show is special. Talking about Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It is special. I'm not a huge... I, I've seen all the Ash vs. the Evil Dead movies. And, uh, yeah, all the Evil Dead oh, movies. Oh, and Mel. They're great. And Army of Darkness and everything. But, honestly, the Ash vs. the Evil Dead really is... The best so, version of it, so or one of the best versions best. of it. Um, Mel, I, I did not read it because it was a spoiler. Don't worry about that. If people don't know what happened at the end of season one of Game of Thrones by now, fuck, fuck them. No, not fuck them. Uh, it's it's uh, spoilers. Spoilers happen on that one. It's it's not like you're uh, spoiling anything new or or people. Oh my god, you spoiled something that has been in print for and you know, and comedy 10, 15 years and has been on tv and now every in every uh yahoo or msn front page article will put that in the headlines of greatest things since this happened at the end of season one so i think i think you're safe yes. mel i think you're more Sorry. than safe lots of love you lots of love mel no worries yo trinity can still get it i praise whoever's in charge of wardrobe because she's looking good in those black dresses she's looking great she's in amazing shape like she kept, kept herself like like she's she, like looks like she works out crazy and she's just I have to say this her acting in these Marvel shows it reminds me a little bit of Captain Janeway as I need excuses to make up acting uh what's it Kate Mulgrove I hated her performance as Captain Janeway I love her performance as Red even when yeah, Orange okay. is a New Black yeah. gets to shit and the show isn't as good as it used to be her performance as Red still gets stands me up. stands out as one of the best performances of a character like if I was making people playing character lists Red would be up there Kate Mulgrove is fucking amazing for that for me and and I feel the same way about uh, about about uh, Trinity there. I did not love her in the Matrix movies. In fact, she was good in the first one. I really hated those second two Matrix movies. Like, oh, they were awful. They awful. Were shit, some, they were shit, 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 shit. And shit, it made shit, me shit. and it made me kind of have some passive aggression towards the actress, and especially in the roles. And a lot of her performance was very 
There wasn't a lot of emotion to it and stuff. But they were just all shit. Everything about those. Except for Joey Pants. Like looking back at now in a in a uh, in a tunnel, I'm like, Joey Pants was only in the first what, movie. But that's is that what made that first movie so great? Was it that the story was no, tighter? Was a lot of really good stuff. But he was he was one of the best parts of that at that movie, yes. and I think he he added to some of the dynamics. But I agree, the first movie's really good. I think everyone's good in that first movie. But uh, because of those second two movies, I sort of went to a I fucking hate her. I fucking hate. Uh, I always love Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne, but I hate I can hate Keanu. No, fuck, I hate this. But but I but I've uh, warmed up to that over time, and obviously, Bill, uh, Ted, and and I love a lot of Keanu's stuff, and I've warm. You know, it's, it's hard not to have at least a, a little affinity for Keanu. Whoa, dude! And some of his roles, they get you sometimes. His Parenthood role, that monologue in Parenthood alone gets you when he starts talking about what it is to be a dad and shit. But but ultimately, my point in all of this is uh, that this character Hogarth has turned me around on Carrie Ann Moss to a point I'm like, holy shit, she's amazing, especially the breakdown at the end of this episode. She gets the capper, she gets the final moment, the the strong emotional mo- the strongest emotional moment of Jessica Jones season two so far comes from this moment. I don't know if it's because, again, I was blindsided by it, so I felt it with her, or so I felt so connected to it, but I thought the performance was very, very true. And I thought it was the highlight, honestly, in a lot of ways, the highlight of this episode. And uh, Carrie Ann Moss is a drag, just not into her at all, says Mel. But uh, but Ag- Agent Smith, that was fucking awesome. Bubba Hotel was M- Mr. Smith. Actor's always good. Yeah, a- 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 the dude from uh, I was trying to think of the character's name in Lord of the Rings, but uh, the 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 elf. Eldwin. Yeah, Eldwin in uh, Lord of the Rings. So Alyssa shackles like Jingle Bells. She's flanked on all sides by police officers. She doesn't really get the attorney-client privilege because she doesn't get to be alone in the room. For power people, there's a special protocol. There's a squeamish euphemism is the sign of what surely awaits Alyssa Alyssa in what Jerry says is the more humane of her options. Visitation rights with Jessica and access to some touchstones of her individuality like her wig. The alternative is solitary on the raft with Captain America and his team. For uh, forever. Alyssa needs to give a full confession, which includes giving up Carl. Elrond, not Elwind. Elrond. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Oh, and thank you, Alyssa, for... Uh, see, I'm going to keep keep saying Alicia for Alyssa because of of Alyssa, because I'm saying two different names, but they're close for the character's name. So I'm sorry if I'm messing up your name sometime, AK. I'm going to refer to you as AK for the rest of the show. Uh, I thought Neo was Smith and the other guy was Anderson. Oh, we're, we got to do a whole uh, Matrix. Uh, that would be a good live watch to force us to watch the second two Matrix movies and get drunk and uh, play like the Matrix drinking game or something like that. Every time Keanu says, whoa, or something. And so Jess looks around at her mother's conditions, the mother whom she'd been only reunited with for, what, like two or three days, after thinking she was dead for 17 years. She looks like she's on the verge of crying, and with good reason. Alyssa's chooses Carl over Jess again. She refuses to give him up. When Jess insists that Alyssa is still her mother, Alyssa d- dismisses it. No, I just have her voice. Carl is all I've got. That's got to hurt Jessica a little bit, but can she be surprised in that moment, Joe? No. No, she. I mean, at this point right here, I don't blame Jessica for putting her away and having to just ultimately not be able to forgive her for the atrocity she's caused, which she shouldn't. But I also don't blame the mother for being like, fuck you right here. You turned me in. I, You know, fuck you. We, we could have lived together in happiness. Like, I get the mother's perspective, even though she's a psych- she does horrible things and has crazy rage. She's She does love her daughter and she feels betrayed on some level by her. She thought they were. Yep. She she uh, she thought they were on the same page. So 
let's continue here. The same morning, Trish bombs her CCN audition, and this was one of my. <laughs> this was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Watch. I almost wish that Trish was as as uh, withdrawal sim- syndrome uh, symptomed up as she was previously when she was at the golf course when she was like puking all over herself and stuff too because she seems to hold herself together pretty well through here so but uh but she just can't she can't this withdrawal seems to be a lot easier than the previous few right so are you do you could build up a tolerance to this is this like iocane powder that you could be getting worse but i maybe that's maybe it's some it doesn't for her here it really doesn't but how come how come what's his name how come uh her boy ex-boyfriend there could could deal with this stuff without it getting he he was different because he had super soldier like stuff yeah he was he he was altered wasn't he an altered beast season one somehow i think so i think he didn't he have a touch of the captain america super soldier shit or something maybe i don't I, I I, i could be making that up i probably i'm probably making that up I don't blame Jessica for not forgiving Trish. Uh, uh, Trish was on some fucking bullshit. Cap uh, rescued his team from the raft. So much for maximum security, says Atari Dad. <laughs> he, he so can say morning. She bombs the audition. Trish is botching the segment because she isn't talking about something. Oh, yeah. The guy, uh, her producer guy says, or her potential producer says, you're just doing it because you're not talking about something you love. That's a problem for you. And uh, his tip is to focus on addiction since her history with drugs have been tabloid fodder for ages. But Trish says uh, no. And she starts listening. Uh, she just wants the inhaler. She starts overhearing someone talking about how the murder suspect is in custody. And she knows that Jess must know something. So we get a meeting with Team Alias where Jess tells the full story to Malcolm and Trish. The moral of my shitty story is that your dead parents come back to life, stick them back in the ground. If your dead parents come back to life, stick them back in the ground. Malcolm. Sounds like a pretty good moral. It would uh, it would be so cool for you guys to chat favorite movies. Example, top 10 80s and 90s films. I want to say we oh, did some, some, of those. some of those in the past, but we are due for another one soon. I think we, we did, did some. Talk- top 10 80s comedies 80s was comedies. it yeah i think it was yeah. 80s comedies so uh so maybe we'll do like 90s comedies or 80 just 80s movies in general or something but yeah we we were we're due for one of those discussions coming up very soon and i think if anything this jessica jones every two days at one o'clock thing has proved to me anyways is that is that if we have something to do we can come out here many many times during a week so, so we should just start picking shit to do at around around this time in the afternoon, a couple of days a week, and and then we'll just have to come up with shit. So expect stuff like that coming up soon. Expect shit. <laughs> expect lots of shit. Expect us digging the barrel, like top ten '90s movies with uh with about weed or something like that. Like, like random. That actually would be a pretty good one. Anyways, so our, some of them might need to be top fives. But remind me about that princess. That's something like send me a private message on Discord about that to keep me honest about that uh, because I'm a fucking hippie and I forget shit that I talk about in these streams sometimes. So, okay, so Trish still hasn't come clean to Jess about the inhaler. After after Malcolm storms out and makes some good points, Jess correctly finally said, or, or no, already said the addiction thing, figures out that the two of them had sex and trish spills about taking the drugs you almost and jess says you almost single-handedly took down igh with a patsy wig and a cell phone jess says in an admiral effort to pump her friend up how much more badass do you need to be but they both know the answer that is trish just needs powers because she needs to feel as important as jess and now she was dismissed by jess and malcolm who wisely says they shouldn't keep having sex because and they're not really friends get the fuck away from me you you pushed a drug on me when you know I'm a recovering addict just because you want someone to do the drug with. Fuck you. 
So then we we see Oscar call and more importantly shows up for Jess when. But did you at least take care of that thing? Yeah, did you take care of that thing for me? Did you not? Did you not say anything? Yeah, of course I did. So Oscar calls and more importantly really shows up for Jess when he tells her him that she's fine in the elevator waiting for her, and. This is the first time I think ever in the series we've seen Jess really cry and open up like this. And it was an emotional moment, especially when you see a character as outwardly tough and and wears such a big wall around her. When that part of the music, the album happens and the wall comes tumbling down and she's sitting there outside the wall in a moment. It's you really feel for her or I felt for her in this moment where you see her like lose it in this guy's arms. So. Did I wish it was Luke's arms? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm all about Luke and uh, Jessica. So Trish goes to a lab where it turns out, but I'm glad that she had someone to open up to in that moment. Luke Perry? Oh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah, well, our Luke Perry. Okay, it could be. she can go over to Riverdale and hug Luke Perry if she wants. She looks kind of like Veronica. We can pretend she's Veronica for a moment. Simpson was just drugged up. Uh, both are great. Oh, both are great movies. He was in the comic characters Nuke, Tim. Simpson wasn't looking too good on that drug either his eyes were red and he was all hunched over atari dad i'd probably have to rewatch this episode but i think you're absolutely right sean it's is trish the star of the show or is jess this season i would say jess is 70 percent the star of the show uh trish is like 40 percent the star of the we're show seeing, we're seeing we're seeing oh no that's 20 that's that's wait that's 110 percent 60 40 into chaos for our bad guy yeah so yeah but I would say it's a 60-40 kind of thing where I just said 70-40, but I, I told you, I t- please look at the podcast earlier where I said I don't, I don't remember math. Uh, that's 110%. At least I caught myself. I would say it's like yeah, 70. Nothing about Hellcat and Jess Jones. So that's why I say it's, that's what's going on here. Uh, Luke Perry would still get it. Just saying uh, Trish is an attention junkie, in my opinion. Reminds me of Rachel Barry from uh, Rachel Barry from Glee. She needs you, especially... Uh, AK, I will say I agree with you about season one, 13, first 13 episode Jessica Barry. And occasionally the Jessica we'd see, uh, occasionally the uh, Rachel that we'd see as time went on, that when they bring back that character. But later on, they tried to make uh, Rachel into something else. Uh, but at times, like when she got into the musical again, when we saw that later on, I, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, the, yeah, 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 the funny yeah, girl yeah. stage and stuff like that, yeah, too, when she yeah, got yeah. really crazy. Just okay, like, okay, okay, okay. yeah, Joe's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, 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 okay. okay. let's move on, Joe. Let's, let's, let's move on. I don't want to talk about that. Okay, okay, okay. Totally. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hey, you would still enjoy this. Uh, okay, 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 so Trish goes to the lab, uh, watch the first 13 episodes, and then shut it off. Uh, well, I've, I've watched a few episodes. I enjoyed it. Yeah, hey, hey you're more likely to like that than some of the cheesy teen drama crap I watch. Yes. I it, couldn't get it, into Riverdale. Just suck the balls. Periods. Point blank. Straight up. <laughs> so uh, Trish goes to a lab where it turns out she had the inhaler residue tested. Oh, surprise, surprise. Uh, and she plays it off like, oh, yeah, can you, you know, I know you, I know you should. No, I didn't want you to remake it. <laughs> yeah, I know you, we shouldn't replicate it, but can you replicate it? <laughs> it was fucking great. And uh, question, why doesn't Jessica call Luke to help her with her mom? Good question. Good because que- she doesn't want to drag Luke into her shit and they're not on the best of terms. 
I mean, they ended in pretty good terms in Defenders, but they still do have a lot of baggage that needs to be worked out. Uh, I don't want to talk about other superhero shows, but I more often question why uh, why Oliver Queen doesn't just call Barry Allen over very quickly to solve every single problem. They've done it a little bit more in a couple scenes where you, and I know people don't want to really hear too much about that show, but when you come to a point where there's nothing can happen and you're like, how do we solve this problem? And he goes, wait one second. He makes a phone call. And next thing you know, you just see it. Uh, the actor doesn't even make a guest appearance. They just use the special effect and he'll zip in. He won't even stop. He'll just do something and zip out. So I like that they do that there. And I and I and if they're not going to do Defenders, which I've heard rumors that there may not be a Defenders season two, I would not mind in the next round of seasons of them, of these, doing more of that, especially with Jessica and Luke. I would love to see Luke. If Luke is next, I'd love to. If that sounded, I said Lucas. If Luke is next, I would love to see him call Jessica at a point in time when he needs some extra muscle and start to see that happen. Or more likely, Loris is going to be in Luke season two. If if anyone's going to be there, they're they're trying to uh, they'll try to not do Iron Fist, but throw Iron Fist in uh, in Luke Cage stories with hero for, heroes for hire stuff. So I, I see them probably going in that direction and combining those series and then doing Daredevil and Jessica's series on their own with also uh, <clears throat> a Luke series and Punisher series. Anyways, I think this before Defenders timeline is confusing. I... I think this before Defenders time. The, yeah, the timeline is a little bit confusing. They, but I, I do believe this is right. Uh, this is right after the Defenders, and uh, oh no, this is right after Pun- Punisher timelines. Weird too. Uh, we we could do a whole podcast just on the timeline and trying to figure out that. Holy shit, K Rich for another super chat donation. Season three, aka where's Maggie's baby bump? Jessica's mentally trapped in a Walking Dead script and unable to get out. That should be the next season of the of Jessica Jones. I would watch that. It would be like a that uh season seven episode of uh of deep space nine when miles and and bashir go inside go inside deaths from bill and ted's brain so trish goes to the lab where it turns out she has the inhaler tested and she finds out that the ingredients of should kill her should kill her should melt her insides and you know I love Rosario Dawson as Claire, but I need them to get Luke and Jessica together next season. AK, I am so ridiculously with you. I love Rosario Dawson. I more felt the Rosario Dawson vibe with Matt Murdock. Like, I felt like they had more, like, hot chemistry back in, like, season one shit. But, uh, I mean, I think her and Luke are, are great together. They do have a good, funny chemistry. But I think I feel more heat with uh, Jessica and Luke. They Their characters just connect. And especially rewatching some of their scenes from Defenders recently... And, 90 seconds. Oh, shit. No, that's 90 seconds. The consequences aren't exactly what Jessica predicted. The drug or the drugs will melt your insides. Earlier, Alicia asked, Alyssa asked Jessica where her sense of self-preservation was. For the rest of the episode, we see how desperate Trish's sense of self-preservation is. It's a peek at what she must have been like through her ugliest moments of her addiction. It's all but... Much of self-preservation, though. What was that? Not really just self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more it's quest for power stuff too. Yeah, it's more yep. uh, want, wanting to taste. Excuse me, tasting the power and wanting it back. Yeah, excuse me. There's nothing worse to do to a po- person that has a severe narcissistic ego than give them a taste of a little bit of power. You give them a little bit of power and take it away. They just want more and more and more. It's all but certain that her hunt for Carl is less about using him to snag that dream and more about snagging that dream job and about finding the only person. 
person who can keep her kidneys from spontaneously combusting. More, more, she needs more power. So he is, in fact, the only person because Shane the healer is more like Shane the scam artist. Jess goes to Jerry's place to get the transfer delayed. And while she's there, Jerry introduces her to Shane, Carl. Uh, Jerry says something like, did, uh, did something unethical but also miraculous. And she sees in the future giving this to people, second chances like the one she thinks she has. Jess, Jess is skeptical that Shane is the real deal. And later when she tracks down Carl, confirms as much. There was never a patient named Shane at IGH. And there definitely never had anyone there that could heal. And Monk, this is what the writer says, and I agree. In what is amongst the most devastating scene of the season, Jerry returns to her cat, her apartment, the one she told Inez that she built from nothing, from a life that started in a trailer that could fit in the dining room, wearing clothes that all the other fucking kids mocked her for, to find a totally ransacked place. And anyone that's ever had their shit fucked with, just alone, forget all the extra baggage. I remember showing up back at my house on after a vacation, and a good friend of Joe and I's growing up, uh, who had some drug problems. Broke into my house, stole a bunch of fucking shit, trashed the place from top to fucking bottom. Walking into that house and seeing it for the first time, where everything, like all this shit, like destroyed. It's such a horrible feeling. You at, and it was a feeling also of being that I brought this kid into my house and like, you know, let him live with us when he got kicked out of his house. So it was a feeling of of betrayal too. So in, I'm going to say my feeling was one 0.0001% of what Hogarth felt in this moment and and what she was going through. And it felt like shit for me. So I can almost imagine. And I felt every second of that pain, Joe. Yep. Every second of that fucking pain. So Joe visit, uh, Jess visits her mom again, take, talking in code about her childhood vacation home to find out Carl's location. Here we meet Dale, the corrections officer who gets off on abusing inmates. He wants to force feed Alyssa, Alyssa the meat. Me meat she doesn't eat but she's strong enough to fuck him up but the next time when she's asleep he comes in and put the meat in your mouth <laughs> or you get the oh, cattle prod again <laughs> so carl is out hiding in a motel jess tells him the plan she'll get him the forged papers courtesy of oscar and then she'll get him on a plane to a country with no extradition treaty so alicia's confession can't hurt him he'll get away with it but alicia can't live with herself if you ever go near any kind of science again i swear i will hunt you down and tear your fucking arms off meanwhile completely ignoring jessica's instructions and all better judgment trish pays Alyssa, Alyssa uh, alicia a visit in Alyssa. i'm sorry i'm fucking up the alicia Alyssa thing jess's mother has a total disdain for trish and her methods rejecting trish as a self-declared status she right yeah, she sees her. She calls her out on all the shit. Your personality, not a journalist. You, uh, you're, she's not your sister. And, uh, she just calls her out on everything and says, listen, uh, for almost two decades, someone uh, someone also loves her and deserves to love her in return. But damn, can the woman read people? Uh, talking about uh, Jess's mom. Her voice gets a little Wicked Witch of the West here as she rips Trish apart for not... Uh, not for the greater good, but for attention and validation to make up for the fact that Jess has powers and you don't. And you can't stand that, can you? Taunting her further, she dares her to tell Jess about this little chat and see how that goes. She's my daughter and she'll always choose me over you, you motherfucker. And yeah, I fucking I, I fucking love this shit, show. I loved it. It was one of my favorite scenes of the episode. Trish wants... Well, she completely calls her on all her shit. Now... It's weird because Trish has powers. Would you want powers if you were Trish in this in this situation? I can I can almost. I want powers now. Fuck Me that. too. So, so I get it, but you're not a 
mega maniacal ego egotistic fuck like she is. And I don't know if I correctly use use the the term, yes, but I am. <laughs> only in your mind. In reality, you're very polite and in, 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 only no, on this only on this podcast. I am all of those things. Yeah, but you've chilled it in your old age and a little bit. So much more. Socially, you've chilled it more in your in your old age. Except for no, I just don't go out anymore because nobody deserves my time or my grace. <laughs> only the people on the podcast get it. Only them. Because they appreciate and they know exactly how, you know, <laughs> conniving and maniacally egotistical I am. AK says, see the... <laughs> well said, Joe. AK says, "You, I stand... Oh, I know, Phil. I know. I stand corrected, sir. <laughs> yes, I stand, you do. I stand corrected. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, I do. Of course. I see attention junkie. Mum called it right. Okay, I'm gone for real now. AK, thank you so much for popping on in. Also, Mel, thank you so much and have a great extra day of your work. Uh, the Robbie Reyes ghost rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we do see Johnny Blaze's leg. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm jumping in on a conversation. I have have some kids, Joe. That grounds you. And, and Negan. Negan grounds you. Kids, I, I can't have kids because they're not worth my time. <laughs> so... Okay, so she she shit talks to uh all this shit to uh to Trish and I love it. Trish wants powers when she wants powers, even if you see the doctors coming with them. Blah 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 blah. Think about it from Trish's perspective, just for a second. Again, this is what the writer said, not me. Trish feels like her life is plenty dark already, but she doesn't get the powers to make her things suck a little less. Fuck you, Trish. Maybe that's why Trish tattles to Jess about how. Uh, her mother wishes she killed Trish when she had the chance uh, and demands just deal with this as Trish would like her to. That woman is an animal. Deal with it. The murders were the murders were premeditated, she says, and Jess was being manipulated. Jess tells her to plan. She can be my she's my mother. She is mine to deal with. You don't get a fucking say. But does Trish ever fucking listen? Does nope. Trish ever Not fucking once. listen? Not once ever. Nope, because you know what she does next, Joe? She knocks on Malcolm's door to interrupt his sweaty, ragey workout. Hey there. To ignore everything he said the last time he saw her. Because none of that matters. Only what she wants matters. And she can't even blame it on being on drugs here. She jumps him, and then she plays the do-gooder heart. And we know that he's got more than just a drug addiction. He's also... He's a sex addict. He's He's been indiscriminately fucking everything that moves. And, and ever since the everything everything popped up, and I would also add on top of that, he has a little bit of cowboyitis and a little bit of hero complex, where he wants to be a hero and he needs to fill his idle time. And she, being somewhat familiar of all of that, and also having Jess giving her the inside information, knows this and uses this like the fucking manipulating bastard she is, and she. And she plays on his good to her heart, convincing him to not sit by, waiting for Jessica to come around and to do the right thing. So they go through Jessica's, Jessica's files. They break into Jessica's shit and – or not breaking because he works there. And uh, find find out where Carl is. Malcolm uses his good detective skills because Trish sucks as a detective. And uh, Trish and him go to talk to Carl. But no. What does Trish do? She, because she doesn't want to have anyone with any rational thought there. She used him for what she needs him. Once he kind of goes, listen, don't be crazy. We need to handle this like like not idiots. And she pulls out a gun. Slap, hits, knocks him in the back of the fucking head Slaps with a gun. Him. Yep. And throws him in the back of the fucking trunk of the car. And probably gives him brain damage because that's what would really happen if he if she did that and he actually got knocked out. But whatever. Just a little bit more here, here, 
here in this episode. Oscar, here, 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 just a little bit more. Oscar's working on Carl's fake passport when Jess warns him that she shouldn't want to be with him, be with her. It's a lot. I'm a lot. But they kiss. Aw. So Jessica goes back to the prison where she sees the new cuffs, the sci-fi cuffs, and burning that are burning marks in in Alyssa's wrists. Alyssa says that she can handle it herself, but we all know what that means. She's just going to kill people. Jess smiles at Dale on the way out, and as this writer pointed out, it's really a good sign when Jessica Jones smiles at you. Soon enough, Jessica finds out that Dale was fired for basically working at Oz for a while and then turning into Porn Stash or that big guy on that final season of Orange is the New Black, and he just convinced a bunch of prisoners to commit suicide. And armed with this alarming information, she breaks into his house with the walls covered in trophies with animal heads and shit. Tables stacked high. As soon as I saw all the animal heads, I said to Katie, look behind them. Yep. Something's uh, hidden in those heads. And she he she picks up the back of one of those heads, looks in there. And oh, he likes trophies. Yep. And Let's find his trophies. And if these were suicides, they wouldn't be on his wall. So Jess figures everything out. And then right oh, at... Oh, you bring it to my house. You attack me as he's kicking her. Yep. As he kicking her, yeah. <laughs> I'm in it's self... self-defense. This whack, is self-defense. Whack, whack. This is self-defense. I'm... Uh, uh, and... Uh, and Jessica is able to fight herself back. And uh, through the haze of the poison spray, she mean- manages to grab his weapon out of his hands. He yells at her that he can claim self-defense when she just she just acts on instinct or clumsiness or rage, whatever you want to think it, think about it, or realizing that this person's a piece of shit. Well, she's and- blind and she's getting beat with a rod. Yep. And... Uh- and she and she whacks him in the head and kills him and it is a kill in self-defense like this is a this is is not she is breaking into his house i know and she is on probation and this is another murder so to speak whether you want to consider it justified enough or justified or not it's another murder and she's gonna have to deal with a whole nother round of emotional shit and this i think joe as we're going into these final three episodes, I think this is going to be our projection into when we're going to see our Purple Man cameo, if that is to happen. She's going to go back to that dark place through not your favorite use of a tactic in a TV show, but I think you're going to enjoy it more than normal here, where we're going to have a flashback dream kind of sequence, where you don't think so? I, I do. Th- I think, or you think we're going to actually see a flashback, act like we saw with the... I don't think there's any need for any of that shit. Do we see David Tennant this season? No. I say we do. I still think. No, I still no, think we. I still think we see Dave David Tennant, even if it's for a half a second this season. At least that's Why? my opinion. Have you seen him in credits anywhere? Nope. I. Okay, and, no, I'm still saying no. He's dead. He's gone. I'm going by the tra- what the trailer told me, and I know what scene it is too. There's a there's a moment in the trailer that to me, when I watch that trailer a bunch of times. Looks to me like she's coming out on a roof, getting ready, and has and has David Tennant behind her, with a very strong purple light. <laughs> so, and again, I do not know spoilers. This is not a spoiler. And people in the live chat or people in the I'm comment section, sure. I can't even remember. Okay, but this is my speculation. I could be a hundred percent wrong. Any other Joe? Any other speculations? Any things you want to put on put on uh, the level there that you were expectations or thoughts in these final three episodes? Um, do you expect to be disappointed by the end of the season? No. 
Do you have any? I the only thing that would disappoint me is David Tennant actually being back and not dead. See, I don't think he's going to be dead. I think he's going to be in a dream. And I know you hate dreams shit. I think it's going to be a reasonable, needed flashback for Jessica that that helps her start to get over that sometimes she just has to kill people. <laughs> I think it's a fucked up thing to get over, but I think something like that's going to happen. And I could be, again, I could be 100% wrong. I don't know anything that's going to happen. And people could be saying, Phil, you're a fucking idiot right now. But that's my, o that's my only speculation. And other than that, I think Trish is going to do some more fucked up shit. I think Trish is going to go completely Breaking Bad this season. I think Hogarth as well will not have a positive reaction to the events that happened. And I think Jessica's mother ends up probably dead by the end of the season somehow. Those are my speculations. Do you have any, uh, any predictions for you, Joe? Jessica's mom dead. Trish turns into some sort of Hellcat or bad guy. I don't, I don't know anything about the Hellcat story, Jessica Jones in general. So... I know you're not a big the people people often ask why Joe and I don't do uh, predicting videos about where things are going to go this is part of the reason because I think neither one of us really love doing it especially Joe Joe's like I don't fucking know let's let it happen and I'll tell you what happened and I'll react to it I don't want to fucking play Miss Cleo I'm not well, I've made some predictions like I said I, I think how uh, Trish is going to be our like bad guy. focused bad guy for the end okay um so before before we end up getting inadvertently spoiled by the live motherfucking chat, and then team ups with <laughs> Jess to take down mom, take down mom and kill mom at the end of the season. Who has escaped from prison because boyfriend gets caught? Somehow. Do we like, get a Claire cameo this season, or they we're gonna be done with that? Do we get a Rosario Dawson cameo in those last three episodes? I don't see a need for it. Yeah, I don't think it's coming either. Unless it, unless it's a Luke cameo too. Unless she calls Luke somehow and Rosario answers uh, the I phone. I don't see a need for any cameo from any other people in the series. Yep. Okay. So next, because this is the way this is the way I see the last three episodes unfolding. Trish seeks out Doctor, right? Tries to force Doctor into making some more shit for her, but he doesn't want to. Shit gets weird. Jess shows up, or maybe he does actually maybe he has some on hand or whatever and trish gets a hold of it but you know and she starts doing it and then she's like but he's got to pay you know he's got to go away or whatever you know i want my story or whatever it is that makes them fucking go at it for a little bit and ends up getting ultimately either the doctor killed or arrested which triggers the mother into her which they've if anything happens to him she's gonna go crazy and then she's gonna go crazy and then she'll lose it and she loses it and escapes and gets out of this right is, and then she gets out of there and then she has to make nice with trish and they take her down together is jessica charged at all in any way for this murder no she drags the body off and throws it in the water with the other one yeah i, I tend to i think the same thing too so the next time you talk to joe and i either it will either be tomorrow afternoon at one or at friday at 1 p.m uh, or around those time periods. We will have seen the last final, the final three episodes, and if anyone wants to get the comments or questions in ahead of time, you can leave voicemails at 781-990-8509. You can also email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. Join the Discord server that you can find the link in the description box below and ask me a question in there by uh, sending me a private message or a direct message somewhere there or in the Jessica Jones... Actually, no, stay away the Jeff, Jessica Jones room. Send, send me a private message there. 
because uh, I don't want to be spoiled indirectly reading a question accidentally. Uh, so I'm trying to see any other ways you can uh, direct message me on Facebook or on Twitter as well if you have any specific questions. Just don't read any of that shit until after you watch the three episodes. Exactly. So, so which, I, which I won't, but sometimes the uh, sometimes I can get a notification if in certain groups and stuff. So, so Phil will be ignoring all group notifications and Discord messages concerning Jess Jones. So start your message with Jess Jones. Thank you, Joe. So if uh, if if there's nothing else, again, thanks to everyone in the live motherfucking chat. Paul Q, DJ11, Travis Casper, Alan, AK, who was here earlier, Atari Dad, K Rich, Broke, Princess. Thank you so much for the super chat, Matt K Rich. Mars, thank you for those. French yeah. Wee, 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 French Canadian Jason. Love you. Love you, everybody. Uh, we all want that red button to push through right universal wrong, but <laughs> but in time, we're all using it to destroy the guy in front of us, the turning left with no signal. Excellent. Point. Great stuff in the Jennifer live chat. wanted me to reach out and tell everybody that she misses you all very much. Who is that? Can't wait to come back for Game of Thrones. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Katie will be back for Game of Thrones stuff. Hopefully, we can get her maybe on some of our uh, character profiles as we lead into the next season as well. If More she's movie watches and like uh, live watches, things that we might do like that, she'll, she might like to do. Groovy, groovy. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Or this week. The, uh, today, we'll be back in a couple days for some more fun let me kick some music but if you haven't already and you enjoyed this video please hit the like button please hit the subscribe button share the channel with a friend check out all the ways you can help the channel grow in the description box below or all the ways you can help reach us help reach us can reach us if you want to talk to us more we'll talk to you guys tomorrow or friday not sure and then walking dead this weekend and who knows, maybe back as well. And make sure you also subscribe to Dirty Issues Gaming to see some more Joe's streams. I feel like I'm driving this Spy Hunter. <laughs> and this, it's, it's almost by accident. Like, I just enjoyed this little song so much that it's... <laughs> That it turned into the closing tune. It was, uh, I initially used it in the music trivia one because it's called uh, Trivia Show Song. Yeah, it's like yeah. Trivia Show Song. <laughs>